Boingo, boingo. Go communism! I need like all lesbian scenes. Dum -da -da -da. I'm Ke oh yeah, down with Keith Richards. I have the biggest dick of all the land. No, you're definitely gonna die. It's like having a sick penis. It's like a penis that coughs. No! No! Yeah, if you if you want to be anything in life, not a beater raper. Yeah. If you can help it. Yeah, gay wizard rights. Gay wizard rights. Yeah. My dick is gonna fall off from these sicknesses. Jay own. <laughs> hey dabblers. People time. Yeah. People time. We're on lockdown. Yeah, we got the coronavirus going around. Huh? And uh, people are going a little little crazy. People are going a little nuts. Yeah, man. Mass panic. This is not good. No. No. Don't panic. It's giving me plenty of time to study, though, so I get to do a lot of research for people time. It's true. Yeah, people time has no plans to stop, so uh, we're going to just do more research. Can't stop, won't stop. What? Mm -hmm. You could you could try, but you, you will be unsuccessful. People time. In your ears. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Welcome. Yeah. So, coronavirus is happening. I guess that's somewhat news. I don't know. Yeah. You know, we try and keep our not to bring up news too often so that people can listen to our episodes later and it not be, right. have annoying references. But coronavirus is definitely going to go into books. Yeah. So, it's fine to admit that yeah. we're living here now. So, we're locked up in our um, dungeon. Yeah. Where we record from. The very deep underground. Mm -hmm. Giant six-foot lead walls. Yeah, we're safe. Hope you guys are too. We're fine. Practice social distancing. Well, except for if you're going to go spread the word of people time. Go ahead. Go out. Meet people. You're immune if you do that. Yeah. Don't shake hands. But, uh, you know. Yeah, bump elbows or whatever you're supposed to do now. You can call from a far away. Listen to people time. Hey, you. Oh, across the street. It's, it's, a pot. Hey, it's a podcast. Where are you going? Hey. Yeah. I swear it's cool. Just threaten that you'll cough on people if they don't go check it out. That could work. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, sir. I need to. I need to cough really bad. I'm gonna do it in your face unless give me your phone and then subscribe on his phone <laughs> and then be like, listen to that, check it out. And then he just throws his phone because you touched it. Yeah, but his Spotify account is still subscribed. Yeah. So when he he gets his new phone, perfect. I mean, what better time to get obnoxiously aggressive? Then potentially the end of the world. Mm-hmm. You know? And hey, we'll be here to report that because if people start dying, you know, all the way to the end of the world, we'll have a lot of people to pick from. I mean, we, we still do, but... Yeah. We'll have more. We'll have more to pick from. That'll be sweet. <laughs> Once all the celebrities die, and then we do pe we people time them. Yeah. Like, sorry. To, like, the 500 survivors. Yeah, we would have a, a great following. I mean, percentage-wise on the earth. Uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, because we'll be the only podcast left because everyone else is dead. Yeah. Oh, man. So good. Thanks, China. Thanks for the exporting of the germs. Why does everything come from fucking China? What is the deal That's with that? That's where everything's made. I don't know. It's true. <laughs> you slap made in China on coronavirus. Yeah. I guess. I don't know what that's about. It's on the bottom. You have to turn it over. And sometimes it says Taiwan. And you're like, huh? Wait, what? Oh, this is cheap. <laughs> Throw it away. It's not like Made in USA, which you immediately throw away. Well, we hope you know that we make light of it because that's what we do with everything. Uh, even if it's something that's scary or bad, we always joke around about it. So hopefully you guys are all safe and not catching any kind of viruses. Um, yeah, that's all. Yeah. Keep yeah. your head down. Good luck. Yeah, good <laughs> luck. 
if it if it gets one of us, uh, it'd still be funny to me. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, most things are funny to me. I had cancer. I laughed through it. That's how I got through it. You gotta get through stuff. You gotta you gotta laugh at shit. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna cough and laugh all my way to the grave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This oh, shit was ridiculous. That, that was a bad one. Put me in the ground. Let's let's call it. What's a better punchline than put you putting dirt on my face? <laughs> well, what's your name? Um, Albus Dumble. Stupid that it was dumb that anybody cared that he was gay. Oh yeah, I didn't understand that. You didn't like that he was gay? Well, I'm just not a fan of the franchise in general. I don't know why you're so wrong. Well, it's fine. Yeah, I I don't care for it. Is it weird being wrong? Like so no. bad. I'm wrong so often now. I'm just comfortable. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Just like. Well, I mean, as long as you know, when it comes to Harry Potter, you're wrong. I yeah. guess it's and okay. Like, I said a thing. There's like an 82 percent chance it's fake. <laughs> or except wrong. for except for on this show, on this program. Oh yeah. Once we get into the research. Yeah. That's all real. Yeah. Sure. That's where the 20 sure. percent is. <laughs> yeah, the 20 percent of my life where I don't lie, <laughs> and I'm not an idiot. Yeah. It's perfect. So that's, yeah, Albus dumb that anyone cared. Well, I mean, like, it seemed odd because it was, I, I thought it was cool, but at the same time I thought it was, like, kind of forced because it didn't come up anywhere in the story. Well, that's what I also thought was dumb. It was just like she then announced it later on, and I was like, that, that's fine, but it doesn't really have to do with anything. Yeah, I thought if you're going to make a gay character, get him a boyfriend. Then mm -hmm. you're actually making a statement, not later being like, oh, by the way, he was thinking about guys that whole time. <laughs> yeah. Like, so okay. Does that really change the story? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, well, especially because if anything, that would make him seem more, like, closeted because he wasn't ever, as far as I'm aware, ever with anyone. Which makes the wizarding world bigoted. Yeah. That's not great. They need to change their stances. Yeah, gay wizard rights. Gay wizard rights. Yeah. That's what I say. Yeah. I guess. I actually don't give a fuck that... It's so, so good. Dumb. So good. So stupid. I don't know why. It's just so dumb. They even, she even did a good job of bringing you into the world of being like, everything's normal, and then this kid also gets thrown into this, and it's all something different than what he thought the world was. And he's like, that's what I want. Because right now the world is normal to me, and now I'm going to get thrown into it when I get my fucking letter. And I'm going to be magical. So to avoid the coronavirus, you, you want to get your letter and then go... Uh -huh. To the magical wizarding world. First thing I want to do is use that growing spell on my dick. <laughs> Ingrosio. You'd be like, oh, this is magic. Yep, this oh is magic. Oh, God, this is awesome. <laughs> Everybody look. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, this has been done a thousand times. Do you think you're the first person to think of that? Yeah, well, I'm well, sorry. I just, I just got here. It's the first thing I thought about. <laughs> I thought it was funny. They're like, yeah, the next thing you're going to do is you're going to do it to a woman's tits yeah yeah hey, how'd you know yeah, yeah every oh. time oh, yeah. every single huh. time hmm. you're gonna get a sexual harassment suit we have a whole standard for that <laughs> we have wizard jail for oh. perverts like you oh okay also we don't like the gays come on in <laughs> even if you're mm -hmm. the like one of the most revered wizards in all of magical kingdom world just keep that keep that <laughs> dick in your robe <laughs> Don't don't talk about it. <laughs> Your robe. I don't know why, but maybe not think of a wizard robe, but like a, a bathrobe or like, you know. Yeah. You know. Just keep that in your robe. Wizards got to relax too. <laughs> yeah. If they take a bath or whatever. Yeah, if they're wearing a robe, you know, just during the day, they definitely have to have a relaxing one that's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah it's like Mr. Rogers. You come home, you take your work robe off, you put your house <laughs> robe on. Perfect. Yeah. 
<laughs> Such a ridiculous line. I don't know why. <coughs> Very nice. <laughs> well, I am backpedaling. Yeah, I'm backpedaling uh, Greg. Hey, Greg. Backpedaling Greg. What are you backpedaling out of? Everything. <laughs> I mean, not really everything. Let me let me reverse and explain that. Sure. Most, some, a couple things. I'll give you some backpedaling, you know, if you want to rephrase or whatever. Yeah. So, that's where I'm at. Do you want to backpedal any of this? All of it. Can I just... Yeah. I don't like any of it. All right. Well, okay. I mean, the bunker has a elevator. If you want to just backpedal right out of here, I'll oh, just talk to myself. That's fine. I don't. I don't like using the elevator. It's harder to backpedal, and I'm in a box. I need like stairs so I can. Just if I need to change my mind really quick, circle. I can like come back. Yeah. If you have to backpedal from backpedaling. Oh, oh wait. Oh, oh wait. Oh, what's back backpedaling? Is that just forward pedaling? Yeah. Yeah. But af- after you already went reverse. It's double. Oh, oh wait. Yeah. Oh, wait. I'd like to take all of this back, by the way. I don't know how I feel about telling you about all of this. It's fine. I'm open. Good. I'm not bigoted about backpedalers. Good. I don't, you know, they call, what do they, they call you guys Indian givers or something? It's racist. It is racist. I'm fine with it. Oh. Well, uh. Get my way out of this shit. I've got a fun fact. Fun fact us. Okay. Something, something fun. Oh, I like this one. <clears throat> I actually got a lot of fun facts, but I'm going to save some of these. But this one, I like this one because, I don't know. You, you'll see. So, mm. the guy who invented the cubicle, as yeah. in, like, the work cubicle in I the office. I hate this man. Uh, you might not think so, um, because he hates what the cubicle became, because it's not how he actually designed it. Oh. So... What the whole thing was, was is like early, you know, kind of the uh, mid-1900s, 1960s. Sure. He decided that he was going to create a better office, a more efficient office. And one of the things he noticed from his own work was that he worked better if he was working on projects that had an environment that worked with that project, but he could switch to a different one for a different project. So he's like an inventor? I assume so. It or sounds like, like he is. Oh, okay. Might have made other things. But basically the idea is like, when I'm working on this, I want to be over in this area. But this area doesn't work for my other work. I need a completely different area. So he decided to build basically what the cubicle is. Mm. Not quite so small, but just basically movable walls. And there are different heights. Smart. So he could okay. see people and yeah. stuff and talk to them still. But have his own kind of workspace. And the idea was, back then, they basically just had open floors or you were in like an actual office if you were one of the bigger, you know, managers, whatever. Yeah. So everybody was just in a big, giant open floor. It's kind of weird to think about. Just desks. Especially for the first time. Yeah. would be like, I feel like I have a sense of privacy, but I don't have any privacy. And I also feel dehumanized. Well, you could just see across the room and see everybody and everyone. If you got Jack, who's fucking loud, all the way down at the end of the hall, yeah, everybody can hear him. Cubicles mm-hmm. kind of help prevent that a little bit. A little bit with that padding they have for yeah. noise. Shut kinda. the fuck up, Jack. Jack again. God like, damn. <laughs> so let me tell you, I was, I'm on the phone. So I said, I got this bitch this weekend, man. She was dirty. Yeah. I was like knee deep in. You know what I'm saying? No. What is knee deep? What are you talking about? You know what I'm saying, though. You know what I'm saying? I've seen your wife. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna hate Jack. Ah, you know what I'm saying. Ah. So the cubicles kind of do help with that a little bit. But nonetheless, his whole point was, is rather than having this big, giant open floor, was to have movable walls that he could build basically different kinds of areas for different types of work and people could move in and out when he found out what everyone was doing with his because they were cheaper 
So it was cheaper to buy these than to make, you know, rooms or to buy offices that, you know, yeah. had different size rooms that they didn't want. This was easy for them to make malleable and change around. And they made them really small and tucked everybody in. That's where I work. I work in a tucked away little space. Yeah, pretty much me too. Um, it's a little bit more open, but yeah, it's a cubicle. And I've been in like, I've been in a small cubicle where it's basically a chair and you, and that's about all. Oh, I've that worked fits. in those too. Yeah. Where you just have like teeny walls on either side of you. Yep. Well, this guy that invented it, when he found out what it was being used for, he hated it. He I, like, ha- I hate him. And he even said the people that used it in that way were actually doing the, the reverse effect of being effective. Like it was, oh, it was more damaging. Yeah. Then it certainly doesn't lead to innovation. Yeah. That's for sure. And so I thought that was interesting that the guy who invented cubicles was mad that they got turned into what they are used hey, good commonly for, today. Good for him for standing up for being like, that's my invention, and I'm probably being paid for it, but y'all are fucking up. Well, and he it's didn't wrong. realize that people were going to be doing that until after he got a lot. And there's a lot of knockoffs, of course. People kind of started making their own version of removable and movable walls kind of a thing. So Yeah. But yeah. Makes me wonder what it was. Before that, so they probably just had, like, an open floor plan yep. or people had actual roomed-in offices. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Hmm. I think if that if cubicles were never invented, I would just hate whatever we did now because yeah. it's, it's just office work. I, just, I don't want to be at work. I just don't want to be here. <laughs> yeah. I don't care about any of this. Yeah. just want to be on a beach or something. That'd be nice. I want to work on the beach. But I'm be- Yeah. Can we just set up a just a desk on a beach? Yeah. Or, like, bring in a bunch of sand, at least. I don't know. Yeah, we could just cover my cubicle in sand, and I'll just have, like, little dancing hula girls, like, Make it your own, you know? Yeah, and I'm just playing a ukulele, and everyone's like, that guy needs a vacation. He's (laughs) going to freak out and kill us all. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Hula hula, hula ha, I need And then I'm, like, cleaning a gun. Burn this whole place down. (laughs) Cleaning a gun. (laughs) Singing singing Hawaiian music. It's my fucking stapler. You know what? what, uh, When I had my very first uh, breakup in high school, where she broke up with me. Oh, no. You know the first one where you get crushed? It's brutal. It's a brutal one. You're pretty sure you're going to be dead soon? Yeah, because you found the one, and now she's gone. First try, you found her. What was was that all about? (laughs) Well, after that, I was... I had legitimately full plans when I was like 17 to move to California and live on a beach and be a homeless person. And? Well, never. What stopped it? Never happened. Yeah. I just had like a job and I met other girls. It was fine. You got into a cubicle and you're like, all right. And now I'm sitting in my cubicle like, should have been a beach man. (laughs) (laughs) Should have got out of here, man. Eh, If you ever change your mind, give me a call. Maybe we go beach bum. It's always an option, I guess. Yeah. We can still podcast out there. With the beautiful sound of the waves coming in. Oh, that'd be nice. And homeless people stopping by and be like, hey, man, you got to change? Like, I need some too. <laughs> no, bro, you, I need change. Do you have any change? <laughs> I'll give you five cents if you have a phone and you subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. You don't have a All right, get out of here. <laughs> Leave. Get out of you, bum. <laughs> all right, so if you have any listeners, please send money because we are also. <laughs> we are homeless. Welcome to the Homeless History Podcast. Hey, what are we doing today? What, who, who are we learning even, about? I don't even know. I don't even know what's going on. Oh. Do you, so, are you even prepared? Uh, no. Oh. All of this is something that I'm going to make up on the spot. Oh. That sounds fun. I like history. It's still history if we say it is. Oh. Is that how it works? Yeah. Well, I, no, this is all real. I just have to admit uh, 
so you know the concept of the show for any new listeners oh yes is we talk about famous names elaborate on them and give you the education Woo. sometimes i stretch that concept and i try to call it out to make sure our listeners are aware yes sometimes it's hard for me to tell sometimes i don't pick names that are famous that are just like influential and interesting some kind of a prick like that. I don't even follow the rules that I established myself. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> you help come up with the rules. You're like, I'm not following these rules. I'm not, I'm not your bitch. I fucking hate idiot. <laughs> Earlier me. I hate your rules. I feel like you pick people, though, that are very uh, still interesting as fuck and have done something in history. Maybe not as well known, but definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I just try and keep it interesting. I don't like to stay interesting. Sure. Um, but this is, if you're from Korea... This is a well-known person. Otherwise, eh, I don't know. That's good. I'm, we've done Bobby Fischer. He's the only thing he's ever changed is chess. It's true. So, I mean, yeah. not not every single one of them has changed the world, but they've changed something in their something. domain. Well, yeah, we even do stuff like, you know, uh, what was it, like last week or whatever, you did Bathory, and yeah. she changed the world by just murdering a bunch of people. Yeah. Changed the world in whatever way it inspires you. Yeah. Murder, chess. Whatever works. Beautiful. Just get out there and change the world. If you want to be on people time, maybe just go stab more people than anyone's ever stabbed. And then stab yourself, because you have to be dead. And then we'll do the whole thing. We'll be like... So terrible. I don't even know how he did it. I'm not encouraging anyone to do any of this. The endurance he had that day, that Wednesday, (laughs) when he left his cubicle. (laughs) His cubicle. (laughs) Well, (coughs) this is is a Korean woman named uh, Che Uni. Cheuni. If we're saying it in like casual Korean, if I were to just pronounce it, it's Cheun He. Cheun He. Cheun He. He. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and she. Uh, I don't know. She's from. She's from Korea. South or north? Or um, was it at the time just Korea? Yeah, she was born when it was just Korea. Oh. She was born on November the ninth of nineteen thirty. Nineteen thirty. So yeah. yeah. Way way before pre. When everything went down. Yeah. Unfortunately. The things that are still happening over there. Yeah, yeah. Which is sad. Um, I this this also I have to say this uh this story has a lot to do with filmmaking and film appreciation. I'm weird. Okay. I have to admit my ignorance of Asian film culture. My only real experience most Asian films I've watched are heavily pixelated, so and they don't have much of a plot. Mm-hmm. So I can't really uh, uh, what do you, which films are you, like? Can you name any few off like the titles, or are they also in, you know, um, let's see, a foreign language that you can't read? Sometimes depends on the website. I guess <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a Netflix. Yeah, they don't have official titles. Oh, okay. It's not like Pizza Guy Delivery or no, they're not even that fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a girl in a room, and you know she's not getting paid enough. <laughs> That's all it is. Actresses, I guess. That's true probably for it's hard. young, small, smaller, lesser known actresses. Yeah, lesser lesser penetrated. You don't get paid enough. Mm-hmm. So Che is an actress okay. and one of the more famous from Korea. Just to give you some context, Korea was its own sovereign nation uh, when Japan started its imperial lust that led up to their involvement in World War II. Yeah. They conquered Korea. Because Korea was mostly just rural, and Japan just kind of walked in and took over, and they didn't even give a fuck about the Koreans. They were using it, the Korean Peninsula, as a jump-off point to attack China. So, like, this is a good place to build a base. 
who are all these people I don't know or care about? Let's take their shit. And they implemented uh, a decultural program where they tried to strip the Koreans of any identity. They removed their gods and their politics. That's weird. I did not know about any of this, by the way. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't either. This is weird. It's I weird. Thought Korea was always just Korea. No, they Until were they split into north and south. I mean, so the way they got split is that Japan took over, mm-hmm. owned them, told them what to do. And then once they got nuked and left everything, they just went, just crawled home, just scared. Like, See you later. Um, the Soviets and us, uh, or at least the UN anyway, a- the allies, after World War II, we were like, what do we do with Korea? Because Japan was running it and they just left. Yeah. So the Soviets and US literally drew a line in the middle of Korea, like on a map. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> someone just grabbed a pencil and was like, it's not even a very straight line. They're just kind of like, eh, right there. About here. Yeah out here and the soviets said okay we'll take care of the top you guys take care of the bottom well that kind of and that's literally what happened because we didn't want the soviets to have all of korea the soviets sure. didn't want us to have all of korea so we're like splitsies so we just split it habsies literally they were so they what were... happened why is russia not taking care of the north side i mean not that we did a good job either but well what the fuck so the guy the uh his name is uh kim kim jong-un kim jong-un He's before that. Kim Il-sung. Oh, okay. I don't Kim, remember. Kim Il-sung is the first Kim that created an army and kicked out any South Koreans and made a bunch of war and then ingratiated himself to the Chinese and the Soviets and were like, I can run this. That's a communist thing. Yeah. I'm just like no. on your guys' side. And they're like, okay. Whatever. And then South Korea tried to be like a democracy, but it was mostly like a third world country that was dependent on foreign aid. So it was a pretty big fucking nightmare over there for a long time. Yeah. In the north up to now. I still, yeah, I was going to say, the north side's still not not doing good. No. It's still, you know, it's like when satellites take pictures at night and the whole place is black. There's yeah. just no lights. I'm still waiting for someone to go in there and just take it over just to help the people. Not even to, like... I know. Jesus. I know that's kind of the whole idea was what was going on with, like... Us trying to get involved as well, which yeah. didn't go very well at all. Exactly. But uh, I feel like the the I don't know where they were at in that time frame as far as technology goes versus everybody else. But it feels like now we're they stayed just about there. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then we moved on to. Yeah. Yeah. I th- so during a lot of this story, because we're mid twentieth century, the North and South are pretty uh, comparable in technology. Oh, are they really? I thought the South was a little bit more advanced. Actually, at first, much less advanced, and then they sort of catch up into the 60s. But uh, now, for sure, I mean, the the North has a pretty significant army and possibly nukes, but all this talk about, you know, we should go take them out, like, we should go free the people that are there. Yeah, that's what I think. Because they are 1984-style brainwashed. Yeah, it's weird. But there are cracks. There's cracks in their culture where... They know there's an outside world that is somewhat nice. Which has got to be weird to grow up in and realize that... <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. It's fucking bananas to be born there, I'm sure. It's one of those things that puts you into like an, a weird state of mind. You're like, what if I'm also like that? Just on a different level, like I'm a little more aware, but it, what if I'm still not aware all the way? What? And then you start getting conspiracies and it gets too weird and I have to back out. I had a buddy. You know him. You. Most people don't like him. He, when we were growing up... Do I not like him? Yeah, most people don't. Oh, good. When we were growing up, because we were best friends growing up, he always had a phrase he liked to tell me. He said, Africa's not real. What? 
Why did he say that? that? He he and I used to get into these types of metaphysical arguments. Okay. And he said, unless you go to a place and see it with your eyes, it, does, it doesn't exist. So how else do you prove it? And my argument was always, I'm fine to trust others. That, uh, that's millions elaborate. of that's others. That's elaborate and insane yeah. otherwise. But his thing was like, unless you're standing on African soil, it doesn't exist. And now I'm thinking, I've never been to France. <laughs> maybe, this is, maybe my whole life is just a Spielberg conspiracy. How far have you been gone outside of Utah? Not very. <laughs> Me either. See, we what literally like tri-state. It's the Truman Show. They just have you go around in circles. You just don't know it, and they just change the scenery. I wouldn't be able to know. Yeah. Christ, I've never left like the predominance of the Rocky Mountains. The problem is the scary part of realizing that this is a possibility, which I don't actually think it is. But I'm it is. freaking out. I have to turn to you and be like, "You're fucking a part of it." Everybody would have to be on it. So. Yeah. Here I am talking to you about it, so, and you're like, yeah, isn't that crazy? Shit, he's starting to think about this stuff. Yeah, I'm not actually hitting a secret button in my pocket right now to get, you know, some agents here just in case we need to clean this up. <laughs> so your life is not Truman Show, and it wasn't getting boring enough that we implemented a podcast. That's not what's happening. <laughs> I'm going to say, I don't think anyone want to watch this. This isn't... <laughs> yeah. This is entertaining to, like, me, and that's about it. Yeah, and I'm entertained, and I think that's it. Yeah. Just the bunkers having fun. And then we have a bunch of dabblers who are just compelled. Yeah. I don't know why they even listen. Well, I mean, besides the podcast, just, you know, my life. But, yeah. Yeah, I've thought of that, too. Like, there's no way my life is Truman Show is dull as fuck. Yeah. Oh, he bought himself some tea. Isn't that the point of Truman nice. Show, though, is that he's so comforting that people even like to watch him sleep? Because it was like... Uh, I don't know what the whole concept was. Why anybody would want to watch it. I think it was just like supposed to be an experiment. They watched him like grow what, as like a child. And then they see him naturally. Yeah, they see him as act. like, you're like my friend. Yeah. So you are, you're supposed to be regular. What? So when you just sit and play, uh, what's that, that new game, the Blizzard game everybody's playing now? Oh, I play Overwatch. Overwatch. Yeah. You just sit and play Overwatch for eight hours. Your viewers are like, yeah, that's what my buddy, that's what my buddy would do. My yeah. buddy, backpedal Greg. He's not very good at this game, but oh well, my God. he's trying. I do love that he's, he's like me. I'm not very good either. Well, I'm better than him. Most people are better than him. He's terrible, but he's terrible. But I like watching him get frustrated and yell at the screen. There's nobody around. He's just yelling. And his, his poor wife, who's an actress, just has to listen. <laughs> this is bullshit. Flag. Oh, I hit him. Why? This game is broken. Why'd they even make it like this? And she's like on her phone with the producer of the show, like, you made me marry a child. <laughs> and you just hear me in the background screaming. <laughs> well, fuck you then. This is dumb. Wife. Capri Sun, please. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to say, I had to say, wife. My wife. What are we talking about again? I forgot. So, uh, Che. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna pronounce it different ways. It's either Chet or Chi or Ch. It's somewhere in there. Okay. C H E. Pretty much. It's spelled C H O I. So oh. some some sources will will pronounce it Choi, but I, she's in a few documentaries and she pronounces her own name as Che. Oh well, there you go, Che. And I saw a Korean chick on YouTube who pronounces Korean for fun. There's like a million subscribers for that shit. She explained it's pronounced Che. That's cool. So we're all cultured now, dabblers. Che. So Che, there's not a ton to know about her childhood. She was born uh, in a South Korean city called Pusan. And uh, 
she was a regular kid in a sort of rural peasant situation. Mm. And she saw a play when she was younger, and she was so enamored with the stage and all the production and all that shit that she wanted to be an actress. Her father refused for her to go to acting training of any kind because he said that women should just shut up and make babies. Mm. And uh, culturally at the time, actresses were on the social ladder just barely better than hookers. Really? Oh, yeah. To them. To them. It's funny how across the cultures, many yeah, many women seem to have that issue of... Shut up and make babies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Getting fucking shit on. And I don't even know what that's about. I'm a, I'm terrified of most women. I would never tell them what to do. Yeah. No. I don't know. Well, <laughs> so she ran away when she was a teenager, about 17, uh, because she wanted to be an actress, and she was getting no support at home. So she's like, I'm going to run to a bigger city and figure this shit out. Bam. And this is around the time when Japan is taking over Korea, and it's not a very nice place to live. There was actually, she was in a town that there was a... Uh, firebombing from Japanese forces that were just bombing the city. Yikes. So she was in a bomb shelter during an air raid, and she met an actress named Moon Jong Bok. Moon Jong Bok. Moon Jong Bok. Okay. Who was a local actress uh, in a theater troupe. A theater troupe, of course, just being a, uh, a traveling production company. They sort of go from place to place and set up a stage and pay for people to come see their plays. Okay. And with her interest in being an actress, by the time she's like 20, she joins this theater troupe. And uh, with the intention of being an actress, of course, at first she was just sewing costumes and, uh, you know, hanging around like, I can be an actress, look at me. And the, the other actresses would push her away, like, get out of here. That's like where when you like introduce yourself to people and they're like, I do this for a living. Like, what are you doing? Like... I'm an actress, and you're always like, I've never heard of you, though, so... How are you? How high up in thing? I was what? on a Mountain Dew commercial. Yeah. I didn't have any lines, but I also did the costume, so... So. So, you see the kid on the street enjoying a refreshing Mountain Dew. I'm the girl behind him on her phone. Kind of blurred out in the background? Definitely blurred out. Yeah. Like, just kind of like, you know, the camera's not focused. I'm just hoping somebody notices me mm. and puts me in a room surrounded by men, and I don't get paid enough. That was she wants. She wants to break through. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So uh, she marries a cameraman. Uh, his name is Kim Haksoon, who, uh, of course, according to Time and Place, mercilessly beat her on a regular basis. That sucks. Why is this normal? I think just. I mean, it's the '30s, so I think of the U.S. and that's totally normal in that time frame or in that uh, culture. But is it also normal in? I think it's normal everywhere. Unfortunately, just make babies and take my fist in your face. Well, I think, you know, uh, there's a lot of good men in the world in the 30s, 40s, and 50s who didn't beat their wives, but I think more often than not, it was like a you-work-here situation for a wife. Yeah. And a way to, to break a person's spirit is to just beat them. I mean, that'll, that'll do the, the fucking thing. I mean, what's smarter is to put them into a cubicle for decades. That's Because <laughs> really... they don't resist as much. They get to a point where they just do it. Yeah. <laughs> they just sit. They literally just sit there, You're broken drained. soul. Yeah, you can't really fight back. You don't even need to be smacked once. Yeah. And you just do what you're told. He wanted to streamline it, get get there quicker. So he beat her mercilessly, uh, expecting her to fulfill all wifely duties. So that means she does all the cooking, all the cleaning, all the fucking whenever he feels like it. Even though she started becoming an actress and making actual money. 
and as a cameraman, she actually made more money than him. Oh, shit. But then she would come home and he'd beat her and make her clean the house. And take her money, probably. And take her money. Yeah. So this is pretty typical of uh, everywhere. I don't want to say just Korea. Clearly, this is just yeah. the world. So how are we in the 40s now? Is that the time? Where are we at? Uh, we're at about 1950. Oh, in the 50s. Okay. So yeah, yeah. she's like 20-something. Yeah. She's in her 20s. Yeah. Um, in 1950, her traveling uh, theater troupe was attacked by a bunch of North Korean soldiers. Wait, why? Why would they attack a theater group? So, like I said earlier, where there's a north and south now, yeah. um, they just routinely break across that line and try and just fucking kill each other. Like, I think the both sides want to claim to be true Korea, and they just keep killing each other. Right. And, and one group is like, look, a bunch of weaklings, a bunch of weak actors, attack! Pretty much, yeah. That's stupid. So what happened? Uh, they took her hostage and made her perform for the soldiers. That's weird. So she slept in, like, their soldier tents, and she had to dance for them. That's a bummer. Yeah, and there's some speculation that she also worked sexually, but uh-huh. at least according to her, when it was the North Koreans, it wasn't coerced, as opposed to a year later, uh, the camp she's staying at North with the North Koreans is quote-unquote rescued by some South Korean soldiers. Okay. And when they realize who she is, like a performer and abductee, uh, instead of, you know, releasing her, she just works for them now. She just dances for them. So stupid. This one I can say she was routinely raped by the men. Um, And she was also uh, a drunk military officer brought her into his office, and she was hoping that this was going to be like a let me leave situation instead he violently raped her um because this is me saving you you're welcome i came over here and rescued you you were rescued what the fuck at least you're not with those dirty northerners so this was her early life um what a bummer where's her husband at this point she's just like fuck it she's gone i don't care oh the cameraman he can't find her Uh, he just doesn't know and i think she's stoked to be away from him because once he started beating her she just didn't want to even hang out yeah fuck that guy no um, so the, the Korean war ends in the mid 1950s and the country is in complete goddamn ruin. Um, her husband is actually injured by shrapnel. And once she actually, she actually finds him after the war. Um, and there are all these, uh, rumors of her quote unquote entertaining the troops. Okay. Which of course is sleeping with the troops. Um, and uh, yeah, she did some innocent dancing as well. Yeah. Um, of course, because she was sleeping with other people other than her, even though it was coerced, uh, he of course then routinely beat and raped her as well. His, her husband? So her <laughs> husband's like, oh, you were raped? <laughs> he didn't look for her during the war. Yeah. And she was just raped repeatedly. War ends. They find each other. He's like, oh, you slept with other men so then he beats and rapes her what the fuck does he get his please tell me he gets his later on <laughs> oh man i was be like i hope he's like you know where i feel like going oh wait wait we're way past the point i was gonna say hiroshima but we're way past the 40s now. yeah damn it yeah i don't know i don't know. anyways it's pretty depressing up to this point yeah thanks Lots this is of- a good good episode so far yeah, so I haven't really explained why she qualifies for people time. It's because she's been raped more than anyone ever. Oh, my God. Why would you do this to us? I'm just kidding. So she wants to, a divorce uh, because she's kind of sick of this. 
Um, and Korean culture at the time did not even consider divorce a possibility, especially coming from the woman. Yeah. So women were just supposed to deal with it. So she's just married. No, no rights. No rights. Um, in 1953, she's 27. She is still an actress. She's actually the lead in a play. Ooh, that's nice. And there is a aspiring movie director uh, named Shin Sung Ok. And Shin Sung Ok is a little bit older than her. And he is scouting actresses for his next movie when he sees her in the play. She is actually so exhausted from her life. She faints. <laughs> life. Just her life. Yeah, just all of it. She faints on stage uh, from exhaustion. And he is so enamored with her beauty up to that point when he sees her fall down. Shin runs up to the stage and picks her up like a potato sack and runs her to the hospital. Aw. Uh, well, I, I feel a love story coming on. Oh, you're smelling it. Aw. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, she is, um, starts, you know, hanging out with Shin. Um, he's a director, at least aspiring one. And she's like, hey, all right, I'll hook up with this. So they start shooting a, a movie in Korea where she's going to be the lead actress. And start, uh, you know, they start doing what uh, good-looking people do when, when they're near each other. Um, what? Just put putting parts of themselves inside other parts of themselves. Uh. Oh, okay. It's not r- like, okay. No, like her foot wasn't in his mouth. Well, maybe. Sometimes. Well, sometimes. Like, he's got a wound, so he just shoved his hand in there or whatever. Let me put my fingers in your wound yeah just shoving parts of me into parts of you yeah make it juicy Ugh. so yeah they they start sleeping together um that's a step up man cameraman to uh director mm-hmm hell yeah yeah and it's a cameraman who was injured i don't even think he's working anymore yeah fuck that guy so they actually feel this great sense of romance uh because he is enamored with her and she feels great getting out of her old relationship uh, even though she's still technically married. Um, but they, they said they had this great romance where he was enamored by how sexy and casual she was because she smoked Lucky Strike cigarettes and was so pretty. Ooh. And she was taken by him because he's he's quite quite handsome. Is he also confident? nicer? Yeah, Shin's a nice guy. Okay, he's not he's, like um, a... He's kind of obsessed with himself. Oh, that's fine as long as he's not... I mean, that's not fine. It kind of sucks that, like... What would you rather have, you know, get beaten on and raped or someone who's a little bit, you know, egotistical and shit? Who's not beating you. But also not beating you, yeah. Yeah, I never saw anything where Shin hit her. I think Shin's a nice guy. Yeah. He's, again, a bit of an asshole, and he's obsessed with his own genius, but, um... Yeah. He's not a, he's not a beater raper. That's good. That's a good line. That's a really good... It's a good line. It's a hard, you know, side to be on. It's good. Yeah, if you, if you want to be anything in life... Not a beater raper. <laughs> yeah. If you can help it. <laughs> if you can help it. I mean, everybody's got instincts. It's so terrible. <laughs> Don't follow your instincts if you're a beater raper. Yeah, just kill, go, just kill yourself. I was going to say, go get help, but okay. That too, I guess. If you can't get help, then yeah, sure, go. Yeah, if a therapist is like, this is going to be hard, don't even wait. Just jump off a bridge. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. It's hard as long as you stick to it, but... Eh, feel it out. <laughs> Look, if you're a raper... I don't know. Jump yeah. off a bridge. I don't know. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. There's no. There's not a lot of sympathy coming from people's time on that. No. 
Because I don't think that's like a disease. It's not like a psychological disease. It's just you're just a dick. I mean, uh, just an asshole. Some people, it, there seems to be kind of like a trend. Like they were also molested or something. and then. Uh, that's true. So where there you... might be some kind of, I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. Well, yeah, you know, you, you tie pain to amorousness and shit like that. See, you're saying words that I, you're Fuck just saying me. words at me. I don't even know. Yeah, I'll just jump off a bridge. <laughs> Who gives a shit? All right, so, yeah, what were we saying? So, uh, they start working on movies together, and they're super in love with each other. Their affair actually becomes... Oh, wait, I now have to say something, because mm-hmm. I'm thinking about... Uh, oh, I'm overthinking it. Uh, all right. If you haven't raped somebody, but you had those urges, go get help. Okay, all right, yeah. I, I want to make it clear that if you've already gone and raped someone, then you can go jump off a cliff. That's fine with me. So if you have... You should still go get help. If you have a rape but, fantasy, if that's something that works for you, go get help. If you've got urges to go make someone have sex with you, go get help. If you haven't done anything yet. But if you've already... Then I kind of don't care at all. Yeah, I don't... Just hang yourself, I guess. Uh, anyways, I want to make that clear in case someone you was like... You jump in and... So he was like, <laughs> oh, so Jordan thinks... Oh, wait. Oh, so... Backpedaling, Greg. <laughs> I want to backpedal for a second what I said. Oh, okay. All right. That's very like you. Yeah. So it's very like you. I just didn't want anyone to think like he's totally fine with him people raping people over and over as long as they're trying to go get help. <laughs> like that's not quite what I was saying. That's true. Yeah. It could be interpreted that I way. Meant. We're like, look, if you're a raper, I can't judge you. <laughs> go get help. You raper? Yeah. No, that's not what I was saying. Being a rapist is it's a lifestyle, and it's it's you don't get to choose it. It's like being Korean. So go get help Boy, go to get not that. be Korean <laughs> That's what you were saying. I'm summation. I'd like I'm to summarize what you said. That's not what I was saying. And all I said is that if you've ever even thought about touching a person, just just kill yourself. <laughs> so this is working out. So what was it that was going on? Well, so they start getting successful where... Sh- he becomes a very successful director. She's a very successful actress in most of his movies. And they're, like, famous now. And so their affair becomes a, a public gossip. People are like, oh, my gosh. She's married in there fucking, I think. So she, in public, they just kind of admitted it. Oh. And she sued for divorce from a previous husband, which is how a woman would have to get a divorce is to sue. That's so weird. Um, and she actually won the, the case because she was talking about all the things that happened. He beats me, etc. Beats, rapes me, takes my money. <clears throat> I'm famous and I don't need this anymore. So a judge allows the divorce. Um, he actually, uh, her, her ex-husband, Kim threatened to kill both of them, but he never did. He's a pussy. Yeah. Nothing ever happened. I, I felt that was going to come from that guy. I could feel it. He's the type. Yeah. Yeah, where, where he just calls everyone a faggot and threatens them. And yeah. You're like, yeah. But then the second you start walking towards him, he cowers and runs. <laughs> whoa, whoa, hold on, whoa. Don't, <coughs> don't make out. me kick your ass. Don't make me kick your ass, bro. Don't make me kick your ass, bro. Let me say this 10 more times so you understand what I'm trying like, Don't come any closer. I'm serious. I know jujitsu or something. Yeah, douchebags. Yeah. Those are the, those are the, the beater rapers. Beater rapers. Um, so they actually, uh, after the divorce, they sneak away from the, there's actually camera people who follow them around because they're so famous in, in South Korea. It's like the uh, paparazzi or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, they sneak away to a motel in March of 1954 and they decide this is their wedding day. They didn't actually get married. They just decided. That's so cute. March 7th, 54. They're like, 
You're divorced now. We're away from the press. We love the fucking attention. So we'll just call this our wedding day. And like, bow, chicka, wow, wow. Oh, they, yeah. His foot definitely went in creases of her somewhere. Ugh. Yeah. But but it was consent. Well, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Every... They both liked the things. Yeah. Everybody likes a part of them going inside another part of another person. I hate feet. Ugh. Keep your feet to yourself, everybody. You know, yeah, I don't like to judge fetishes. I'm, I'm gonna as long as it's not him. rape. <laughs> I don't know if that's that's not a fetish. I don't. Know. Well, I, mean, I guess it. I guess it's okay. Anyways, no, yeah, Jesus. I, we shouldn't say that because that's like people who say pedophilia is a fetish. Like, oh, oh, oh my god! No, it ain't, buddy. No, it ain't. So <clears throat> we're getting a lot of angering topics. Yeah. Anyways, this is a we should. This is a triggering episode. We yeah. should probably have said that at first at top. Um, well, they start, they create what's called Shin Films, which is, uh, his company. It's kind of a strange, just all shins. No knees, no ankles. Just the Shin Films. Mm. Close-ups. <laughs> Uncomfortably close. Hairy shins. Shaved shins. Whatever. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lumpy shins. Tan shins. Ooh. Old shins. Young shins. hmm I want a whole film of a, a lady wearing tube socks, but like, so many pairs, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, she's wearing. She peels them off, and every time oh, I'm like, whew. "Was that the last one? Is it the last no? one? Oh, it's not. Oh, it's not. Is, Ooh, it's not, is well, the next one gonna? Oh. Those ones are pink. Weird. That oh, one, those are kind of bright. They have little yeah. duckies on them. That's yeah. fun. Is that the last one? <laughs> Shin films. I'm just furiously masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So it's named after him, Shin Sang Ok, Shin Sang Ok. <laughs> Uh, Shin Film starts pumping out movies, um, just like horny mice. They at very first they pumped out nine movies in three years, wow, including one that's called Flower and Hell, which is considered the greatest Korean film of the 1950s. Oh. Um, and then they also had another one called Chun Yang, which is one of the more popular Korean movies into the 60s. Uh, it's actually the highest grossing Korean film of 1962. Wow. So they start having literal literal bags of money delivered to them because they are the most successful film company in South Korea. They're just rich Korea. as shit. Rich, famous. Is she, and is she like the star of all these movies or in mm-hmm. one of them or something? She stars in every one of Shin's films. Oh, sweet. Yeah. And she's usually like the main person. This is person. way better than the start of this story. It's work. It's getting better. Yeah. It's getting better. Um, and they made all kinds of movies. Uh, you can look up Shin Films. They got dramas, kung fu movies, love stories, westerns, spy flicks. That's cool. I mean, Shin is all over the place for for this kind of thing. Uh, they uh, began by 1965 pumping out 30 movies a year over several different studios. How do you do that? 30 a year? Well, he used to direct them all, but then he started, and he used to write most of the scripts. And so then he, once they were making enough money. It's like he's kind of becoming a producer. Exactly. He becomes more of a producer. He still is directing, but then he would hire directors to do other films. Right. Let's do this. Let's get more people. And uh, Che actually opens up a uh, acting school. Oh, that's cool, too. So they are, they're doing. Uh, like full force. Are they pretty much running the whole entire movie industry over there? More or less. Yeah. Yeah, they're at least at the top of it. He's putting the standard, yeah. Yeah. It's like James Cameron in the 90s. Or Spielberg. James Cameron. <laughs> yeah, James Cameron. He owned the 90s, right? Isn't that the guy from, uh, isn't he the religious dude? Who am I thinking of? I don't know. 
James Cameron. Oh yeah, it might be. You're thinking of that guy from that stupid '80s TV show who's like really religious now. This, yeah, this yeah. This, what was the family called? Family Pains. Yeah, it Some is Family Pains. Yeah. Fuck. Is that his name? I don't even know. Anyways, I just say things. <laughs> but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Weirdly <coughs> religious. You like, know Scott Bayo from Charles in Charge is like super religious now too. Weird. Charles in Charge of our yeah. end days. Ooh. And our topical viruses. Um, in uh, 1970, Che discovers that she cannot conceive babies. They don't know why. Well, just one of those things. Uh, so they adopt a girl named Myung Aim and a boy named Jung Kun. Oh, that's cute. So they have some adopted kids now. Yeah. Uh, they keep pumping out movies. By 1974, she is 47 and has starred in over 70 films. Damn. Very rich, very well respected, enjoys being a mother. Um, she did not know this, but around this time, Shin starts having a lot of legal troubles because he doesn't tell her about them. Why? What legal troubles? He's borrowing money, uh, against movies that don't gross enough to pay the money back. Bummer. And so Shin Films starts hemorrhaging money, and to try and fix that, he starts pirating Japanese movies into Korea and saying that he directed them and trying to sell them like that. Wait, wait how, how would he... Doesn't he know that he'd get caught from doing that? He immediately got caught from it. Yeah, I was like... Um, but I think to try and fix his stupid heart, he starts fucking 25-year-old actress Osu Mi. No! Yeah. No! <laughs> Don't be a cheater. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't be a cheater, beater, raper. Don't do any of those things. No. Ever. Well, preferably. I mean, especially not now in Korea. Yeah. <laughs> That's worse. Yeah. Um... Che actually learned about this um, infidelity from a gossip magazine uh, in which there was a picture taken of Shin with this 25-year-old actress, and the 25-year-old actress is pregnant, and it's, uh, it's Shin's baby. What a way to find out. Why Why has he been a dick? He's just a dick. He's just a man. All That's right. just what they do. <laughs> Powerful man, anyway. Idiots. Because I have no power. I'm generally nice. Yeah. I mean, I'm an asshole, but I'm I'm good to my wife. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, as soon as people's time time starts making money, we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing I don't show you the uh, finances that are coming in. Yeah, there are piles of money in here. I just thought that was your personal money. It is because you work don't for worry a computer company. I'm uh -huh. like, there's lots of money in computers. Yeah, don't. Yeah, that's what it is. Just don't worry about it. You're I could fine. Buy so many 25 year old actresses, Korean actresses. You could, but it's not for you. Oh uh, no! I know it's your personal. You keep it in here. Mm -hmm. My people time stipend is four fifty a week, and I recognize that that's what we're making. Mm -hmm. That's the money that we're we're raking in. You are right. Boy, and I buy the best chips with those. Sometimes pork rinds. Mm-hmm. And, and they're tasty. They aren't have the they? hot ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I like. I like them. Mm -hmm. My wife doesn't like my breath afterwards, but nobody does. No, not pork rinds. Fucking love pork rinds. So, uh, of course, he denies all of this, and uh, she, to prove that it's true, goes to this actress's house and catches him there. Oh, no. She screams and hits him. Um, Shin Film Company starts going broke. They start making shit films, and nobody cares anymore. Uh, Shin turns to making movies with, like, lesbian scenes and topless kissing just to... Just trying to desperate... 
Is she still got some money, or is he like basically used hers too? Her money's tied up in the company. I was gonna say that'd be cool if she just like backed away. I was like, I'm so rich, fucker. I mean, she has her acting school that I think if she can keep it afloat, um, that's where most of her money comes from. But yeah. or well, any of her income comes from, but any of her savings are tied up in the company that are now bomber washed away. Yeah, she should be able to sue him for that kind of shit too. Be like, yeah, I didn't know you were doing all that. You didn't tell me about any of this shit. She should be able to. Yeah. Anyway, she doesn't. Yeah. Um. He goes on into the seventies. He just keep making crap movies and losing his reputation. Uh. She tries to keep her. It's called the Academy of Cinematic Arts. Her acting school. She's trying to keep that afloat, but it's tough running yeah. it, being a mom, being broke. Well, in nineteen seventy-seven, a man whose name is real Wong Dong Il. Sorry, say that again. Uh, Wong Dong Il. Mm-hmm. It's like having a sick penis. It's like a penis that coughs. Wong Dong Il. <coughs> shut up. We're in a work meeting. Do you need to? You shove a cough drop into your dick. You're like shh. <laughs> yes. Don't <laughs> chew it. <laughs> Suck on it. It's still fucking loud. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's ill. It's an ill dong. Uh, yeah, no problem. Wong's an ill dong. I had the same thing two weeks ago. Who doesn't? It's, it's COVID dick 19. Try to dip it into honey. Just the whole thing. Really? Does that work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds, Home remedy. Sounds sticky and awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Try it. Does that soothe your cough, buddy? Mm-hmm. <coughs> Damn it. My dick is going to fall off from these sicknesses. Well, uh, Wong Dong Il is a an associate of the Shin Company's branch in Hong Kong. Uh, the Shin Company is still kind of afloat, and they had an office in Hong Kong. And he reaches out to Choi, sorry, to Che. Still, I'm still reading her name as Choi. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, reaches out to her saying, hey, uh, I know you're struggling or whatever. We got a lot of wannabe a- actors over here in Wong- Hong Kong. Come make an acting school in Hong Kong. She's like, cool, I'll come check it out. So she flies over to Hong Kong. Um, she's wined and dined by a bunch of people. She meets this woman who also works for Shin Company over there. Her name is Lee Sang-hee. Weird. So these are all like basically people she works, like they're on the same company. Yeah, they technically work for Shin, but in Hong Kong. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And they are treating her very, very nice. Why? What's going on? Yeah, nice. I don't like what's going on. They buy her hotel, they buy her dinners, and they have all these outlandish ideas of where to put her new school and she just i don't she, i don't she sounds a little suspicious but she mostly just buys it like yeah okay so this woman uh tells her that she knows a man who is going to be an investor in her school and he lives off of this uh this little island in hong kong called uh, uh repulse bay so she's like cool so they drive out there to repulse bay and the woman just sort of pulls over the car and gets out and says, "Come on, Che, I'll show you. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll show you. Come on down." So no, they, they start walking. I to the don't beach. know what's going on, but don't go. She starts walking slowly to the beach in the middle of the night. Like this is a little, this is odd, a little odd. Uh, so she gets to the water line and is looking around for like, is there a boat? Um, is there like a thing I walk out on? Is her to? husband gonna try to kill her? Like, is he hired hitman? What is going on? Well, three long-haired men um, approach and they don't say anything. They just grab her. No, and she starts kicking and screaming, and they drag her onto a boat uh, and sort of like 
tired down. Yeah. She's like, am I being robbed? Um, I've been raped before. I, you know, yeah. what's the deal? Just tell me. And one of the guys turns to her with a big giant smile and says, you're going to meet our gen- great commander, Kim Il-sung. What? She, why? And she just faints. So wait, she got captured by North, well, I guess, this North Korea. Yeah. They just kidnapped her. What? <laughs> what the fuck, what the fuck is going on? So he's fucking weird. He is aware of her, and he sets all this up, but he does it through the company. Does does her husband know this happens? No. So so those people who worked for him were North Korean agents, but, but he, he didn't know that. Shin didn't know that. Weird. Yeah. And also, why? Like, of all the things, like, hold on. We can stick some secret agents in <laughs> yeah. to go do some stuff against our enemies. Or, hold on, hear me out. Yeah. No, we I like it. We go kidnap one of the hottest actresses in South Korea. What do you think? Huh? We just... She, we'll, is, she is cute. We'll put some agents inside the company, and then after a little while, we'll uh, trick her into going out in the middle of nowhere, and we'll, we'll bring her back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's North Korean logic. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> well... She's actually on this big transport boat for three days, alternately being, like, they, they uh, medicate her to make her pass out. Yeah. And she wakes up nauseous, and uh, then they just knock her out again. Um, I don't think they beat her, but they're just poisoning her or something. That can't be healthy. Yeah. No. There was one story where uh, they started letting her walk around, where they're like, as long as you don't, because you can't go anywhere. Yeah, you're in the middle of the ocean. She went to the edge of the boat, and she was going to jump off. Be like, I don't want to know what's... I'll just die out in the water. Yeah. And they capture her and restrain her. I just wanted to go for a swim. So after a few days, yeah, they, they land in North Korea, and she doesn't know what the fuck's going on, and they, they escort her to the beach where she is met with a strange, small little man with a shitty haircut <laughs> who uh, introduces himself as uh, Kim Jong-il. Yeah, yeah. And... Kim is not in charge of North Korea. It's his dad still. Right. Kim Il-sung. But um, just to give you some back... Who's, who's in charge right now? It's his son, Kim Jong-un. Un, that's right. Okay. Right. And he is not a fun character. And he's... Uh, yeah. He just seems like a dick. Yeah. Kim Jong-il is a bad, bad man. Yeah. But he had some character. He was a fun, strange little man. <laughs> okay. He was fun. <laughs> Unlike his his son, who I think is just like a straight up sociopath. Yeah. Um. So just some history. Kim uh, Il Sung, the first great commander of North Korea. Yeah. Um. Was like a war guy. He kicked out a lot of Japanese forces in the in the cities he worked in. He fought the South Koreans. He created what the North Korean regime is. Yeah. His son, because he grew up very spoiled and as a recluse, is a strange little creature. Yeah. He's sort of short and fat. Uh, for a very long time, he'd never even left North Korea um, because he's he's uh, he has servants for everything. He's very arrogant, and he's a strange he's kid. He's spoiled. He grew up in that kind of... Yeah. yeah. He just has believes no idea. everything should work out for him all the time, and yeah. he should be able to do whatever he wants. Um, but... He, you know, like every little kid, he liked movies a lot. Like, a lot. He's actually one of the bigger lovers of movies of all time I've ever heard of. I don't know what the deal is with that. <laughs> he would have North Korean diplomats from the different diplomatic areas around the world pirate movies for him. And they weren't allowed to watch them. 
they would have to just make sure that the thing was full, package it up, and send it to him. That's so weird. And then he just created, like, the largest personal collection of films on Earth. Just a big cinephile. Yeah. Weird. Um, he even wrote a book called Theory of Cinematic Art that the North Korean populace was in, compelled to read. They like forced, forced to. to yeah. read. Look what our God wrote down. Read it. It's about the movies. It's good. I'm sure it's crap. You, there is an English translation you can get online if you want to be sure really annoyed. So uh, my favorite part of uh, Kazam oh, yeah, yeah. is when Shaquille O'Neal dunks it. It really shows that they brought in his basketball side with his acting side. You could see from the lighting in this scene that it's clearly in a gym. Mm-hmm. Write that down in your notes if you ever want to be a movie director because gyms are good. Hail me. There, There's a lot of sim- symbolism there. Hail me. I would imagine a lot of the book is talking about how amazing he is and how <laughs> It's not very God much about like movies. His father is. It's like 18 chapters about himself and then like two about movies. And it's My just, favorite lists. This yeah, it's just, just his favorite. Like, <laughs> I love the John Wayne movies. They're good. Uh, like anything with Mel Gibson. That guy is sexy. <laughs> I don't even care about the anti-Semitism. Um, Matter of fact, I'm for it. <laughs> You know, the more you think about it, he He's makes, got a point. He makes some good points. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You can't deny a man like that. So this is who is kidnapping Jay. Kim, Kim Jong-il. Yeah. Kidnapped her. So, yeah, Kim Jong-il actually has, he said that he framed all of his ideas of the outside world through film. Like he, it's just how he sees the world. And to compete with South Korea, um, they created the North Korean Film Studio, which is entirely state-owned. And they just made propaganda movies about how heroic the North Koreans are and how murderous the Japanese and how stupid the South Koreans are and the Yankee dogs are trying to kill us. Yeah. Over and over and over again. And how amazing God, how amazingly godlike the Kim Unfortunately, family is. Unfortunately, nobody can watch it because they hardly ever have any power on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only time you can watch it is when the state turns the power on for you to watch it. <laughs> yeah. So, it's so 1984. It's so weird. Oh, and what's weird is like... How so, are they not uprised against? Like, every other nation, when it just, gets to this point, is like... They're just broken, I guess. Time to overthrow the, the fucking government. Well, I was thinking, because it's like, you know, when we were recording the Ramses episode, and we said that he just slapped his name on everything. Yeah. And we were making a joke that it's his ego, which I think is a big part of it. Yeah. But then it's also, to convince people you're a god, put your name on everything and have a Big, glorious statues of you everywhere. People just start believing it. They're just People, like, yeah, they everywhere. wake up in a world where they're like, well, yeah, that's how it is. Everywhere I go, there's depictions of this god. So I just don't know if they know any better. I don't know. Yeah. But they were, uh, they had to watch every movie when it came out. Every every person in North Korea was forced to watch the movies. Yeah. And then at the end of every movie, there would be a uh, oh, a community talking point where you'd have some guy... Stand up in front of them and make sure they understood the moral of the movie. They'd have a question and answer, period. What a weird... Can you imagine if that's how it would say? So, Pirates of the Caribbean, <laughs> what do you guys think? Um, any questions on what we're actually talking about here? Yeah. Uh, was he really drunk the whole time? Yes. Oh, cool. Is that a metaphor for uh, industrialization mm-hmm. or yep. and feminism? Down with America. Yeah, down with yeah, down with the mayor. Yeah, you know I learned about that, which I haven't actually gone back and saw, or I haven't seen it. But um, I've seen the movie, but I haven't watched for this specifically hmm. since I learned about it. Is that apparently the reason why he swaggers? Why? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's because he has sea legs. 
So whenever he's on a boat, he's not swaggering. He's walking normal. But when he's on land, huh. he's kind of like fumbling around and stuff. I mean, that seems fine with me. I mean, it That's makes a sense fun, for the character. It's a fun concept. If Yeah, I'd have to go back and watch. But if he maintained and that. That means down with South Korea and America and everybody else. So no, you're definitely going to die. It's like a, when I'm in North Korea, I'm good. When I'm not. Mm-hmm. Don't leave. Otherwise, you can't walk very well. I'm the guitar player for the Rolling Stones. No, Rolling Stones is bad. I'm ki- oh, yeah. Down with Keith Richards. <laughs> Dude, I, am I not going to get killed this week? No, you're definitely going to die. Okay, I mean, if that's <laughs> what you guys want. Thank you. Oh, man, I've seen Thank you, sir. those documentaries where people sneak in, and oh, my God. It's a brutal place. Too much. It's a very brutal place. Uh, to own people typically takes a lot of... Uh, Beating and raping. <laughs> a lot of Don't be a beater or a raper. There's lots of those in there. Um, yeah, so they made... Uh, his biggest propaganda movie is actually called The Flower Girl. Uh, it's this massive hit for them there uh, where this girl's family is killed by the evil Japanese. Uh, and she's almost killed by a Japanese until a strapping Korean soldier saves her and they all really love that movie. So this is like... Her now acting for? Oh, no, that's just like the most, the biggest propaganda movie that Kim had released at oh, that point. Oh, right, right. Um, so. Is that why they're kidnapping her? So she can come make propaganda movies? Yeah. And be like the well-known actress, like, look who we got working for us. Well, so Kim Jong-il wanted to compete with South Korean and Japanese film. So because they're this locked off, horrible, uh, tyrannical place. The world doesn't really see them as legitimate artistically. Yeah. In his mind, of course they're legitimate it's artistically. I'm a genius. My propaganda movies are amazing, but nobody believes me. So in an attempt to compete, he's he's stolen the greatest South Korean actress to give him cred. <laughs> okay. It's insane. This is the weirdest fucking story. It's bizarre. <laughs> um so I was also going to acknowledge that this is around the time when the Japanese director Akira Kurosawa is becoming a big deal he, he's sort of the when you think of like big time um kung fu movies oh right right kurosawa was one of the bigger guys for 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 kung fu movies he's one of the bigger influences on uh spielberg george lucas the wachowski sisters that's cool they all love him nice so yeah kim wanted that recognition uh, especially internationally because he wants his regime to not be seen as what it is yeah so he had that idea. Uh, uh, that he ir- ironically forces people to watch it so they have that <laughs> belief. And he can't force the world. So yeah. he's like, how do I entice them? Yeah. So uh, they drive her through the capital Pyongyang, which she said was a very bizarre experience because there was no lights on anywhere and there was nobody pe- there was nobody out. Yeah. It was just a bunch of nice-looking buildings with nobody in them. Yeah. And so that, that's already existing for tourism? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think for just for their own sense of oh, there are some nice places here. See, no yeah. one's there. But... I know you live in a shit pile, but <laughs> Pyongyang is great. Yeah, nobody works there. You're not welcome in. You're a lower caste. Yeah. Well, they take her to what ends up being pretty much her prison for about five years. Um, it's not a prison. It's actually a nice, well-furnished house. But she can't leave. She can't leave yeah. uh, unless invited to. And she even said that it was hilariously gaudy. In, in, like, <laughs> the way they were trying to make it look fancy with like cheap chandeliers in every single room type of thing. 
and like brand new appliances from a cheap brand yeah. type of thing. She thought that was funny. Um, but she did also like to admit that when she was first taking the tour of the house, she was very nervous. And Kim actually turned to her, Kim Kim Jong-il, turned to her and said, there's no need to be nervous. Look at me. I'm, I'm small like a mouse turd. He's trying to being like... Yeah, he's being cutesy weird. Yeah, and she said that she liked to tell that quote because she's like, he is a gigantic weirdo, but he could be weirdly charming, charming. in a self-effacing way where you're like, huh, okay. I'm a little piece of shit. No big deal. <laughs> Look at me. I just kidnapped you. Hey. I'm a piece of shit. All right, so this room over here. This is your third bathroom. Woo. Dun, 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 dun. You're going to be in my movies. Uh, I'd like you to notice that there's also another chandelier in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. There's two in there. There's one in the shower. Yeah. Don't get it wet, though. <laughs> it's really cheap. The water doesn't run in here, so uh, don't worry about Actually, that. Actually, you have to call us three days in advance to turn the water on. <laughs> ah, it's normal. And it's not warm. It's cold. It's hey. always cold. Go communism. Woo! So, uh, yeah, uh, she. there was a woman who lived with her who was just her minder, like made sure, yeah, she didn't leave. Uh, she cried a lot, according to her. Who wouldn't? Makes sense. Uh, a few days later, she was invited to a party thrown by Kim Jong-il uh, in which she witnessed his, which are now, like, famously insane parties. Like, if you're a higher officer in North Korea, you're very composed all the time, all, yes, sir, good commander, thank you, God, etc. Yeah. You go to one of Kim Jong-il's parties, you get wasted. He shoots things. Sometimes he shoots you. What? There are... Why would you want to go to this? <laughs> Because you're forced to? Yeah, of course. Uh, he would tell really bad jokes to large applause from everybody. <laughs> um, they would watch propaganda movies, and he would fake cry about how inspired he is, and then they would all cry, all, oh. the, all the other people. Oh, what is this? This is the weirdest and fucking shit. He had a group of young girls, about 15 to 20 years old, uh, just a whole bunch of them, and they were called the Joy Brigade. Yeah. They were dancers, hookers type. This sounds like if you put a 14-year-old in charge <sighs> and what they are trying to be like deep when they need to be deep. And everyone watch me be crying at this. Oh, it's so inspiring. And also bring in the girls so I can fuck. And then also, it's just weird, man. It is. He, She said one party, he made the Joy Brigade uh, dance completely naked. And then would have uh, officers still clothed dance with them, but they weren't allowed to touch them. If they touched the Joy Brigade, he would kill them. And he would just watch to make sure they didn't touch. What is the suicide rate of these poor girls? Probably pretty high. And the murder rate's probably pretty high. Yeah. Yeah, because they're owned sex slaves. Just steal someone's gun and just blast my brains out. I don't know. I think they're convinced that they work for a god. Yeah. They just happen to be pretty. Mm. No fun. Yeah. That's when you're cursed to be being good looking. Being like, oh, I wish I was ugly. This would be so much better if I was ugly. Seriously, my life is great. I'm ugly as fuck, and no one's ever asked me to do anything. No one asked me to get naked or rapes me. It's perfect. Ah, no one's even attempted to sexually harass me. Not <laughs> once. They're not interested. No. <laughs> the opportunity's been there. Never have it. They didn't, they didn't want it. They're like, it's gross. <laughs> Could you go over there, please? I'm trying to sexually harass people, and you're in the way. You're really killing my butt. Like, my boner's gone away. Just looking at you. I'm like, okay. I'm sorry. See ya. I get it. <laughs> Happens every day. Every day of my life. 
Um, he takes her on. Uh, he treats her decently nice. Aside from the fact that she is being held captive, she's not beaten. She's not raped. That's good. She lives in a nice place. I guess. Uh, she's fed. He takes her around Pyongyang to look at all their dumb bullshit. Like they have a. T- it's called the Tomb of Dong Myong, which is. Their first king, who is not real, <laughs> they went to, uh, this is still real, called the Museum of American War Atrocities, which is just paintings of American soldiers, like, beating the fuck out of Korean children and raping Korean women. And they're just these big paintings where you're supposed to be like, yeah, those fucking yeah. <laughs> evil, I guess. Uh, she was also forced to read Kim Il-sung's three-volume biography Ugh. repeatedly. I can only imagine how fucking... Boring and stupid that's gotta be. Jesus, full gonna, of shit. It's gonna be full of just the most. Insane I have the biggest nonsense. dick of all the land. I was born with the biggest dick. So this is just fact. I I don't know. I'll just come about saying this other than it's just true. So I don't need to elaborate. Just think of the biggest dick you can think of, and it's like twice that size. Two seconds of my dick in any woman, and it was like they were having a ten-hour orgasm. So you figure that out. It's that's pretty, how good it is. It's pretty close to that. It's it's not only big, but it's also very um, pleasurable. It shines. Yes. It's, it glows. kind of has its mind of its own. Sometimes it gets sick. <laughs> yeah. But I can fuck every woman in Korea from any any place. Yeah. I just sit there and be fine. And they would enjoy it, and they love it. Yeah. I, I get thank you letters every single day. Yeah. Yeah, his biography, his biography has some of that kind of shit. He was born in a cabin on a mountain, and the sun shined, and there was rainbows and birds, and he's always been amazing Yeah, for three volumes. Can you imagine, like, knowingly trying to compile this to make a whole entire nation believe all this shit? Just, and it worked! Just spin off a bunch of shit, and someone's like, not, you're a child, let's shut up. And instead, they're like, oh. I have no fucking idea. Anyways. That's just proof that, yeah, 1984 can happen. Yeah. Keep your wits about you and tell everybody to shut the fuck up when they tell you to do something. Yeah. It's the only way to live your life. (laughs) People time. People time. (laughs) Uh, But apparently this was an attempt to indoctrinate her. Um, She said that she did her the greatest acting job of her life, pretending to be like, Oh, yes, very nice. Yeah. Very good museum. Thank you so much, sir, comrade, God. king. Thank you so much. Mm. In an attempt to not be beaten and thrown in prison um, and just pretended to be indoctrinated, although she said that in her mind she was scoffing at all the absurdity. and That's awesome. Not indoctrinated even like, a little bit. What a bunch of bullshit. Oh, yeah, this is great. My goodness, thank you so much. From Oh, eternally grateful, sir. I can only imagine this is how the whole country feels right now. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, how much of it are they just acting? Yeah, uh, the book I read about this, which I should acknowledge, is actually called a Kim Il Jong, or uh, yeah, a Kim a Kim Jong Il production. The whole angle of the book is that his obsession with film echoes how everyone in the in North Korea is essentially in a movie. Yeah, they play a part and they all act, and it's a whole production. The only problem is that uh, if you're doing something bad, the other actor will tell on you, and you can die. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, your family members will tell on you and you're thrown in a gulag. Yeah. Not well, you're giving not, not like the movies, but <laughs> similar. Some movies. Like Yeah, if it's a Mel Gibson film. <laughs> <laughs> you, you gotta be careful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you gotta be careful. Um let's see, she did ask him many times why she was there. 
and they became friendly. He said that he was going to take over South Korea, and he was hoping that she would ease the South's minds and oh. hearts. Yeah. Because she's very famous down there. That didn't happen, so... Okay. Um, she did beg him to be released to go back home, because she's like, you know, I have kids and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and he, he obviously just uh, ignored that, and then said... Well, my plan, uh, which I will tell you shortly, is actually going to be completed once I get Shinsang Ak up here. Who's? Her old boyfriend, her old husband. Whoa, the film director. No, Shin? Shin. No! Yeah, so... Uh, so she's trying to kidnap him, too? <laughs> so Shin, back in 1978, is broke. Mm. Uh, he's kind of moving between America and Hong Kong looking for investors when he hears that uh, Che got disappeared in Hong Kong. Nobody knows what happened. Um, it was a few days later that he went to Hong Kong because he heard that she went there from some associates who invited her from Shin Films. So he's like, who from my company called her? Yeah. Over here. What's the, Where is she? So trying to piece together what happened because those employees didn't work there anymore, uh, another employee came up and was like, um, oh, it's this crazy thing. Um, let me take you to the beach <laughs> my god <laughs> um i should say before that the hong kong uh authorities thought that he was responsible for her disappearing oh shit so he's probably getting investigated he was shit. interrogated and and they thought that maybe he murdered her or something like that yeah uh but what ended up happening was yeah another employee of his said uh, i can help you find out where she is he's taken to a beach <laughs> for four men beat and drug him and put him on a boat <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck north korea is the weirdest shit kind of awesome <laughs> they could just get away with this it's I'm insane to, i'm also trying to picture like uh, kind of uh american actors that this would just as a comparison being like all right so uh we'll take brad pitt and uh, hey we yeah. got this great idea come down to the beach and they just drug sure. him, take him away and then hey you're gonna you're gonna start acting in all these uh, movies and stuff Okay. I want I have no idea. There's just no comparison in any to this to anything else. Yeah. It's completely off the wall. Yeah. Well, it's a similar experience. He's put on a boat. Uh he's actually beaten quite a bit. Yeah. Uh when he gets to his place, uh it's sort of the same thing. He doesn't meet Kim Jong Il. Uh he just meets some handlers. They take him to same shit. Here's a nice house with a bunch of stupid shit in it. Um, here's a bunch of books you need to read about indoctrination. Here's the museums and everything like that. <laughs> uh, they even took him to an event of what's called the Mass Games, which is like a North Korean type of gymnastics and music festival that they still do. Probably sadder than... It's a big dick-sucking event for the Kims. Right. What's interesting about it is that Shin and Che were at the same mass games at the same time they just didn't know the other was there oh really which is sort of weird um so they obviously didn't reconnect yet or not yet uh well so it's fucking weird so around this same time he has his house che has her house they're actually in the same valley they just don't know the other is there weird che starts taking uh walks and becoming a gardener uh, it's really the only hobby she has. She meets another abductee from China, a woman named Catherine Hong, who she says becomes her only friend. Um, she starts listening at night. There's less radio garble, so she was able to listen to South Korean radio at night. Kind of get that feeling. She would also sometimes lose her goddamn mind and face the South and just 
Scream. Yeah. Just screamer kids' names. Oh, It's pretty horrific. It's heartbreaking. Um, I wouldn't trust anybody either. Anyone who's like, that's my no. friend, I'd be like, he put them here. Oh, I would think that. And yeah. they're just a spy to get close. I would think that. Just to see how I'm, like, you know, my thinking of trying to escape or whatever. Because that's what he does. He twists. Yeah, he just twists everything and he owns everything. He owns everybody. Yeah. You just never know what the fuck's going on. It is a Kim Il Jong production. Bump it Kim, Kim Jong Il. Yeah, I say his stupid name. Fuck up his name. <laughs> um, Let's see. So Shin did not approach this situation the way Che did. So Che was like, if I'm nice and polite, maybe this will work out. Maybe I can escape or something. Um, He is being nice to me. I'm not being beaten. I do live in some type of luxury, although yeah. against my will. Shin, uh, he immediately started thinking about escaping. He's like, oh, I got to take out a guard, take his gun. Run. Yeah. Shoot people. He actually did say that he thought about it. He's like, if this were a movie, how would I make my protagonist escape? That's... How do I do this? <laughs> Which is why it didn't fucking work. I was going to say, don't, don't use that kind of a method if that's what you're going to actually do. Huh? Well, I heard a few different stories. Um, he One was that there was a guard who would come over every, like, the same night every week to come play cards with the other guards. And he drove a car. Not every guard got a car. So he's like, I need to steal this guy's car. That's not too bad of an idea. So, yeah, he stole a guy's car and uh, just drove what he thought was north as far as he could. North or south? North, because if he gets south, he goes to the demilitarized zone. There's just going to be soldiers everywhere. Yeah. But he knew that the north uh, line is with China, and it's a lot less. So he wants to cross that way. Yeah, because uh, North Korea and and China are allies. So he's like, there won't be as many military people to stop me. Yeah, hopefully. Although I think they guard that area so people don't escape that yeah, way. They do. Yeah. So he drives this car. Uh, he can, he keeps getting to military points, but because he's driving like a guard's car, he's like, able, oh, that guy's a fancy guard. He's able to talk his way out of it. But he is being reported. They're just like, that's kind of weird, you know, telling somebody on the on the walkie-talkie. Yeah. He, uh, it's the middle of winter, he crashes his car, gets out and runs, nice. finds some train tracks, follows them in hopes of just getting on a train. Um, he does get on a train, but they find him after a couple hours. Oh. And he's almost frozen, and he's taken home. He's <laughs> taken back to his... Back to his... House thing. House thing. House yeah. prison. Yeah. Uh, and told not to do it again, and sort of beaten up. Um, uh, his son told another story that sounds similar, so I'm not sure which one is who told what. Yeah. His son said he didn't steal a car, he stole a bike and <laughs> rode it a couple miles into town until he found a train, hoping the train was going north, when really it was a train that just went around the country. Circles. Just circled. Oh, no. And that he was caught quite a bit quicker. So I think Shin tells this very dramatic story that he stole a car and got past ports. And there was music like, and I crashed the car in drama and I ran to some train tracks. I jumped on one of those. It was going like 40 miles an hour. I don't even know how I was able to run that fast. And then there was a guard and I kicked his face off. And then it exploded for some reason. And I walked away. You better get a clean up on this train. I'm going to work on that line. But I did say something like that. Yeah. But then his son said, uh, he stole a bike. Ching, ching. <laughs> <laughs> he got a little bell the on there. He's, like he's nervously like, oh, I gotta find a train, I gotta find a train. He actually outs himself. He's like, all right, I'm sorry. And someone's like, some guard's like, huh? And he's like, all right, I'll go back. Sorry for what? <laughs> Don't hurt me. <laughs> you 
You know your train just go in circles. <laughs> Upon the first card he sees, he just <laughs> That's not even a guard, it's just a person. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then he walks himself back and it's what? like, Well, I guess I'm in prison again. That was really strange what that man just did. He left his You left your bike. <laughs> No guards even never knew. They even left. No. Uh, he was given another chance um, in which he was given another house, but he found a room in the house that the radiator could be removed, and there was a panel in the wall where he could crawl into. Oh, weird. So he grabbed some food and water, crawled into the wall in the hopes that they would think he escaped again, leave the house to go find him, and then he could come out and sneak another way. Yeah. But what actually happened is they ended up just using the house as the hub of like where to find it. <laughs> so he's sitting in the Shit. wall listening to them talking about, no, we checked this row. We couldn't find him here. And it, I think it was like four days before somebody found him in the fucking wall. <laughs> oh my God. And they dragged him out. And that was the last chance he got. So He's like, wait, wait, wait. I wasn't escaping. I was just hanging on the walls. Don't you guys ever do that? Dude, it's awesome in here. This is how directors live, by the way. I'm getting inspiration for your guys' movies. Obviously, you guys are not artists. I need to be dark area, like inside a wall. I'm thinking of movie scripts. I'm getting inspired in there. I brought some food in with me so I could eat when I got hungry, but so I don't have to come in and out. I don't want to break that concentration. Yeah, and I've been pissing on the floor right here. (laughs) That's just what I do. I just piss right here. That's how I get my Yeah, four days, man. You have to like... Not take a dump. I bet he'd probably just shit in the wall. (laughs) And someone's like, God, Jim, you stink, by the way. It smells in here. It's just me and you in here, and you smell like shit. Well, I didn't shit. Yeah, but you smell like it. It smells like the wall's shit to me. (laughs) Huh. You hear, no, it doesn't. (laughs) Who the fuck? You hear, no, it doesn't. (laughs) It doesn't smell like shit in here. It's your imagination. Oh, okay. (laughs) I think it's throwing up now. <laughs> These walls. Is it shitting now? You know what they say? Walls could talk, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I never knew what that meant until now. They do, apparently. They shit, they puke, and they talk. What a magical land North Korea is. Everything's alive. Hey, go go, uh, King King God Comrade Kim, eh? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hail him. Hail. <laughs> so they pull him out of the fucking wall, Yeah. and they're sick of his shit. Um, <laughs> literally, literally, I, I've, <laughs> I'm bad feeling something bad's gonna be happening to him, and I'm making oh terrible jokes. And I feel bad because I like to frame this story more from uh, Chase's position. But sure. uh, what happens to Shin sucks. He from here he gets interrogated repeatedly and beat repeatedly until he is put in what they of course like to tongue and cheek call re-education camps. Is that like hard labor camps? What's the difference? Um, they more or less just keep you in a tiny little dungeon cave cage hmm. for a long time. Hmm. He went to one place where he said that the 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 dungeon cell was decent sized, but he wasn't. There was no windows. It was pitch black, and they only fed him uh, cornmeal. That's what they do with you hard labor. So cornmeal. Fucks you up if you that's all you're eating. I think it fucks your asshole up. Yeah. Very malnutrition. You like your spine starts to bend in a weird way. Really? If you just eat cornmeal? Yeah. So this is like I was watching one of those documentaries about like hard labor over in North Korea, and that's like one of the things is like people will get for, fed cornmeal, and for whatever reason, this amongst other things seem to like 
It fucks with your teeth and your health and your gums and your back. Like you Jesus. start getting all this weird shit that happens to your body because it's just because there's no nutrition in yeah, it. Yeah, it's not it's not anything to live on. I guess because that's like you know when you shit and it's like a full piece of corn, your body just doesn't recognize it as food. <laughs> yeah, and if it's the only thing you eat, it's yeah. gonna be a problem. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they did that to him for a while. He moved camps a few times. He went to several different camps um, for about five years. Yeah. Uh, he was in these camps where he said sometimes he was fed just grass and salt soup. Yeah. And other times it was just water. Sometimes it was nothing. Um, and there were some some places that you could talk to the guards and have like a nice whatever buddy buddy relationship but most of the time they would just beat you mercilessly or there was one camp he said that there's a little opening in the the door to his cell and he had to sit cross-legged back straight facing the door i think he said about 20 to 16 hours a day jesus christ and then he felt if he fell from that position they come to the cell and they and they beat you so he got used to just sitting there uh he said he he ran through every movie he'd ever made in his mind, and made improvements. <laughs> I was going to say, you've got to... you got time. Just sitting there for 20 hours. I mean, try to just picture that for a day. Christ. And you're going to be like, huh. I feel like, you know, when I was shooting this, if I did it from this angle, it would have been oh, a lot better. So much better. And you're just running through that shit. You know what mind. my problem was? And I started throwing a lot more tits and lesbian scenes. It really was a mistake on my part. Hmm. Or I didn't do enough. Actually, now that I've thought about it for five <laughs> weeks straight... Not enough lesbian scenes. I need like all lesbian scene. That's that's all I really needed. Comrade, if I get out of here, I'm doing all lesbian scenes. <laughs> One guy's like, let him out, let him out, let him out. Let him out! <laughs> <coughs> Don't take this away from me. Well, uh, yeah, like I said, Che was a, a lot more lucky. She spent this time going to elaborate and lavish parties. Yeah. Um, Not getting shot at them, I take it? No, she was fine. Did she even know that Shin's even... No. In the Kim Kim had mentioned to her that he wanted Shin to come, but he had said that he believed that Shin was going to come on his own free will. And she was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. So she didn't have any reason to believe he was there. Yeah. Um, she... I'm surprised that he didn't like get them to meet up and be like, cool, now make some movies that will make me more popular. Is that what's about to happen? Yeah. After they break him down first, is that the idea? Yep. Because he kept trying to escape. Uh, they needed him to work for them, so they had to break him. Weird. I feel like he's not going to be quite in the, the mindset of wanting to. Okay. What right. happens next? <laughs> so uh, she uh, goes to a party with Kim in 1982. He started talking about how uh, Director Shin is planning on defecting to our glorious empire. She's like, what the fuck? So they had a, a let's see, there was a party in 1983 that she went to that is like all the other opulent, insane parties that she'd gone to at this point. Yeah. And she walks into the party and sees Shin. Uh, they'd released him, cleaned him up, and he said he did. He said the things that you expect him to say, like, thank you, glorious leader, for treating me so kind. Bummer. I promise to indebt my... I'm indebted to you. I promise to serve you. Five years of that, I'm five sure. Five years. I'm probably sure probably didn't even need full five years to what? get to that point. Take me two weeks. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe a day. All right. What do you want me to say? Can I have my cigarettes? God. No? All right, you're my God. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. yeah, pull your dick out. Let's go. Yeah. I got to smoke something. So, that's, yeah, five years, that's, good on him. Yeah. Although, a lot of it is not 
his choice, but at some point he broke and then Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they clean him up, they take him to a party that he's never been to a Kim party. Uh he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. They clean him up, they sit him down, he meets uh Kim, Kim gets him drunk, and then his wife walks in and they just look at each other like Hey. What the hell? What's up? Hi. And so Kim uh stood up and uh had the biggest shit eating grin on his face in which he was like he had, she said that he had the face of a child who just pulled off the greatest prank of all time. Yeah. Where he's like, he's, <laughs> he sounds very childish. Check out what I can do. Ah, hey. I've been planning this for years. Dude. Four years. Look guys, at your face right now. Literally years. Look at your dumb shit I face. almost gave it up early. I almost wanted to just be like, guess what I've got? Oh, but I didn't. I, I didn't. didn't want it. I didn't want to spoil it. Yeah. It was amazing. And they're just looking at each other like, what the fuck? We live in a bizarre universe now yeah this guy's crazy he actually pulled them together uh there's now a kiss there, there's a picture of that but yeah Ugh. yeah he said he said kiss and then said uh that they're married now okay i mean they were married before even though they didn't get married right legally I mean, it's not like this is any more legal than now kith <laughs> is really what it was so what is going on with their kids that they've adopted at this point are they just being taken care of by somebody yeah else? They're, they're being taken care of by her sister okay good yeah they're you know they weren't abandoned but more or less yeah that's yeah yeah he was taking care of them until he disappeared right and then yeah her her sister has been taking care of them okay which good god this story is insane well, yeah, they confusedly stared at each other, um, and he announced to everybody that they will now be running the North Korean film industry. Sure. Okay. Do they just start pumping out a bunch of propaganda? Yep, more yeah. or less. His, uh, the North Korean films they make are actually surprisingly not strictly propaganda. Really? So, they kind of give him some freedom to write? Yeah. Because because Kim knew that the propaganda films don't sell inter- internationally. All he knew, right. He knew Shin is successful and Choi is, or, or Che is adored. So he's like, if I give them just long enough of a leash, we can get some recognition. We can actually compete against other actual films. Yeah. Okay. Um, he sent them back to what Kim sent them back to what he adoringly called their bridal chambers, <laughs> which was actually just Che's house prison. <laughs> uh, surrounded with guards and they of course did the thing bowing thank you sir thank you thank you comrade they go into the house they immediately go upstairs to the bathroom and turn the faucet on because they know they're probably being tapped tapped and tell each other their stories like what the fuck is happening he's like I don't even know what to tell you about all the five years I've seen I don't even know how you would explain it yeah yeah she said that his face was so sunken in that she at first, didn't recognize him and thought he looked like a dead version of Shin. Yeah. She's like, holy shit, Skeletor over here. Yeah. Um, you remind me of my ex-husband, that douche. Oh, my God. Oh. Except dead. Hey. Uh, oh. Sorry about that douche thing. I didn't think it was you. You cheated on me. You, you know what? Yeah, you're a douche. I'm, I'm, it's fair enough to say it now. You know, maybe five years wasn't long enough. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Kim, put him back in. Put him back in. He listens to me, I think. I hate that guy. Well, they start having meetings with Kim. Um, he rambles about his love of James Bond and Elizabeth Taylor. Sure. He loves Western movies. There's actually one incident in which she hides a tape recorder in her purse and records the conversation, 
which they knew would have gotten them killed if they got caught. Damn. <clears throat> but they did it anyway. It's actually one of the very few times that Kim Jong-il's voice had ever been recorded up to that point. He didn't record it himself? He didn't give talks to the people. Like, his dad was a big-time stand-in-front-of-a-podium guy, but he's sort of an introverted weirdo. Who's just, like, playing pranks on his own officers. I like to do the things and then laugh. the people. Everyone laugh when I play this prank because it's brilliant. You're all my toys. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it, it's very, very strange. Um, it's, yeah, it's one of the only secret recordings of him. Um, and hilariously in these recordings, he apologizes to them for their past treatment, saying that it was actually a misunderstanding between him and his subordinates. He had no idea Shin was being treated like this. Oh, gosh. I, I'm so sorry. It's a misunderstanding. My guards are idiots. So Look, I'll kill one right now. It's probably this guy. All right. Sorry about that. Better? Fair. Are we happy? Yeah. Happy, happy people. Happy. <laughs> Give me smiles. Uh, and they're just like, oh my God, okay. Yeah. On the recording, they're like, oh yes, of course. Of course, sir. Of course, comrade God, sir. Yes, of course. Yeah. They just have to suck his dick. Um, but then in this meeting, he does say, uh, let's do this. Let's let's make movies. And Shin was like, can I can I call it Shin Films? And he's like, yeah, sure. And Che's like, so I'm in charge of all the acting stuff. And he's like, you're in charge of whatever you want. You're in charge of everything. You're the CEO. You're the president. Hey. You're everything. Yeah, you're the god of the whole film industry. Fantastic. <laughs> um, so he had them sit down and watch every single North Korean propaganda video or movie to absorb. Sure. That shit. Um, and uh, he just lets them loose. Um <clears throat> And right away, lesbian scenes. No. <laughs> right away. He said it in prison. He's like, gotta make more. More tits. <laughs> that was the fucking problem. <laughs> well, the first movie they make is actually a script that Kim wrote called Emissary of No Return, which is about, it's semi-historical. So in 1907, the Hague Peace Conference was held, and this is during the Korean occupation from Japan. And the way that what really happened is just that the Hague, sort it's sort of like the pre-UN group of people okay. were like, we're just going to let Japan have Korea because it's not bugging us. <laughs> and, Whatever. It, right. Yeah. In Kim's interpretation in his script for this first movie they make, a North Korean emissary gives a very impassioned speech in front of everyone about how the Koreans are amazing and deserve uh, their uh, independence. And the crowd doesn't agree, so he commits ritual suicide. Or, oh. they, or they call harakiri, where he stabs himself. Right, right. Uh, which I guess is an honorable reaction. That's the movie they made. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> uh, the, nobody gave a fuck about that. But uh, Shin did convince Kim to be like, we need to like be able to go into Europe to shoot different scenes for different films what we need to be able to move around a lot and kim was weirdly like okay it's like you're making great films he had like 40 guards with him at all times but they were able to move around at least behind the iron curtain so like certain parts of uh certain parts of austria west germany or sorry east germany places like these guys that drop russia uh like notes like help oh yeah they try to escape a few times oh shit um, they meet uh, a, a Japanese um, journalist named uh, Kusakabe, and they actually give him the tape they recorded of the conversation. And they're like, we're going to try and escape. This is what's happening. If you don't hear from us in six months, give this to the public. 
and uh, in a couple of months, the guy cracks and releases it anyway. Ooh. And every nobody believes it at first. They think it's they think it's either some weird scenario that the Kims have set up, or what nobody believes it. They don't know what's going on. But the Kims do like those pranks. This is probably just some childish, stupid like bar horror. Some goddamn thing that Kim came up with. Got you all, even though nobody's like because okay. he's like a <laughs> little troll monster. <laughs> fucking hate that guy bitch yeah <laughs> um well uh let's see uh, the uh oh yeah so emissary of no return is released uh, in north korea in february 16th of 1984 which is uh kim jong uh kim jong il's birthday is february the 16th they made sure to release it on his birthday as a thank you sir here's your present sir and the uh, north korean public went bananas for it yay because they, they have to um <laughs> Uh, Kim is not bothered by the fact that the tape is released. He actually tapes all of his meetings as well. So he thought the tape was his tape. That oh, it, thank God, though. That an insider... I think somebody was killed for it. But just not them. Just not them. <laughs> he was like, who started with tea that day? <laughs> Kill him. Jeez. He stole my tape. And that guy's like, I'm, I'm almost to retirement. I'm just about there. This is great. I've, I've, I've hated working for this douchebag, but I've done all the things I'm supposed Did to. Did my time. And now I'm about to go back home to my family. It's my last day. Who served tea? Oh, I feel so it was me, sir. What's up? Good. Come here. Sure. Kapow. Why? You stole the tape. Yeah. What tape? And that's North Korea. So, uh, yeah, Emissary of No Return did end up winning Best Director at the Karlovy Vary Film Festival, which is a Czechoslovakian film festival it's the main film festival behind the iron curtain and that's one that they made yeah emissary of no returns their first north korean movie <laughs> and so he's like yeah we're the best look at us that's what kim wanted the whole time yeah. uh shin loves the attention uh che likes it they're all decently happy oh that's nice huh yeah uh kim actually kind of went bananas that he finally has international recognition he was and he told them you're going to do everything. You're going to open different offices. You're going to hire people. We're going to make movies. You're going to go to London. You're going to win all this shit. And he gave him carte blanche to just make movies that would get him international recognition. Well, it's amazing for someone who clearly seeks the attention of everybody to then get attention from the rest of the world about his movie that he didn't even make, but, you know, stole people to make for him. Yeah, his, uh, his toys performed for him. Yeah. Appropriately. It's so fucking weird. This story is so odd. Um, <clears throat> they uh, they were allowed to go to London uh, and Vienna to watch screenings of this movie. Heavily, heavily guarded. Right. Uh, this is one of the first times when they were like, can we fucking run for it? And it's funny because there'd be times when they'd be like on the street looking at each other. And maybe it'd be Che turned to Shin and be like, Run, let's go. Give the signal. Shin would be like, I it's not, not, it's not right. And then later in the day, Shin would look at Che like, now, now, do you think we could do it? So they're they're still already thinking about it. Um, they don't run yet. They're like code word, hippopotamus, 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 go, 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 hippopotamus, go. And they just run, and then they're tackled by forty guys. Yeah, yeah. Did they ever try to escape and get caught during this time frame? Right. No, no. Uh, they never got caught trying to escape anyway. No. Um, they 
go back and prepare for more movies. Um, let's see. Uh, at one point, Che actually gets sick and gets gallstones. I just wrote this down because it's hilarious. She got sick with gallstones. That's hilarious to you? Well, it's because, you know, all this talk of Kim talking about how amazing North Korea is. He didn't trust his own hospitals. He sent her to Hungary to have <laughs> the surgery she like needed. She can't die. We can't. No, we're not going to give her one of our doctors. Are they, you kidding me? They don't know shit. They are not educated to be doctors. They think my dumpy fat ass is a god. <laughs> no, I, I need her even, alive. I think I didn't even pass high school in our country. <laughs> so no, we're not going to send him to that doctor. I just thought, I thought that was funny. Yeah. Uh, and she also liked to mention that when she was in the hospital, Shin uh, flew to Hungary to see her, and, and they had a very nice... Very nice. Thanks for coming. Heavily to see guarded, me. of course. Very heavily guarded. Uh, when she got better, they actually went and bought rings and went to an old cathedral, which is funny. So they're in Hungary, which means they're speaking Hungarian, which they don't speak. Right. And they're in a church, and they're just giving the Sunday mass. But those two are just standing in the back with their wedding rings on, and they walk in the line that you walk up to to the priest where he gives you communion. Yeah. And they don't know what's happening. The They turn to the priest... And in broken some language, they're like, we're getting married. And they put their rings on each other and then walked off. And the priest's like, wait, what? What? What just happened? You forgot the bread. And as far as you they're got concerned, your cracker. they're like, yeah, we're married now. So that's sweet. That's, All right. That's so. weird. So they, I guess she forgave him for being a dickweed? Yeah, I think that uh, shared trauma brought them together. Yeah. They're the only two people who can talk to each other about their experiences. It'll definitely force some bonding. She did say that she never stopped loving him. She was just mad. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. You know. Okay. That's what it is. Yeah. Humans are complicated. It is. Well, over the next few years, uh, they make six more films for Shin Films in North Korea. They make one called Runaway, (laughs) which, don't know if that, where the tongue in cheek was there. Yeah. Uh, But it's actually about. Escape North Korea was their next film? It was about two South Koreans who escaped (laughs) North Korea. Under the watch of an evil god. <laughs> well, <clears throat> he's overweight and just... <laughs> he's like a Wario character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's actually about uh, Kim Il-sung saving a man from a bunch of murderous Japanese monsters. Huh. They also made a movie called Love, Love, My Love, which is a musical love story and a sing and dance kind of thing. They actually used some songs from ABBA. Really? In the in the, the band movie. ABBA? Yeah. <laughs> Which introduced North Korea to their first like Western pop band. Uh, a lot of North Koreans sang ABBA, and they still know ABBA there That's because of this movie. Fucking weird. Does ABBA, was ABBA like, what the hell? I mean, you don't have to license it when it's in North Korea. So yeah. They didn't I mean... get paid, but hopefully they're flattered, I guess. <laughs> they made a movie called The Tale of Shin Chong, which is based off of a North or a Korean myth about a peasant girl who's eaten by a sea god. Okay. There's a whole thing there. They wanted one called Hong Kill Dong, which is a mostly a ninja movie. Oh, cool. But also has a love story wrapped in there. Oh, cute. Uh, the one that, one of the later ones is called Salt, and Salt is dark and hard. I watched parts of it. It's, it's about a peasant woman who's unnamed in the movie, which is intentional. Um, I think intent saying that peasant people don't count to the administration is what I think what they were saying. Yeah. But she's a mother and her son joins a communist guerrilla force and she goes to try and convince him not to do that. 
And in trying to find him, she gets raped and uh, by a, a South Korean guy. Of course, yeah. And then tries yeah. to commit suicide. Another character does commit suicide. Um, and then it's actually the guerrilla force that her son joined that saved her from the South Korean monsters. And uh, she goes back to her, her village and somebody gives her a bag of salt and she has to walk up a hill in the rain to bring the salt to her family. It's a very dark <laughs> depiction of, of what peasant life is uh, in Korea. And I'm surprised Kim let it happen. But it was because it was all South Korea was the bad guys. and Yeah, and, and the ultimate moral is that joining a communist guerrilla force is a good thing. Yeah. So whatever. But that salt won a bunch of awards. It won, uh, she won Best Actress in the 14th Moscow Film Awards for it, for her depiction. She was the unnamed mother. Well, what, what time frame are we in now? We're in the 80s. Oh, shit. Okay. It's like 1983, 1984. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is 1984. Yeah. Right now. Hmm. Wake up. Won't you listen to me? Wake up. Won't you listen to me? Won't you listen to me? It's Oingo Boingo. <clears throat> it's a 1984 song. Oingo Boingo. Yeah. Hmm. Wake up. It's 1984. Wake up, but we've been here before. Hungry like a wolf. That's not Oingo Boingo. No. But it is a good song. Who is it? I don't know. You don't need to tell me twice. I don't? Oh, he didn't say It's Duran Duran. 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 Duran? You don't need to tell me twice. What's the deal with that? Uh, you know, in the 80s, there was Mr. Mr., The The, Talk Talk, Duran Duran. Well, in the 70s, it was all about, like, the opposites, right? Deep Purple, Led Zeppelin. It's true, Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath, yeah. What the fuck is that? Mm. All right. Music is fun. Um, the, uh, the Shin and Che like to try and justify making essentially propaganda films by saying that they were introducing outside concepts to the North Korean people. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, I don't think that in the propaganda movies they had ever had any taste of what they were getting. Like, there was sexuality in those movies, people acting selfishly, um, ABBA, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> yeah. Like, they were introducing something else, and they were hoping that even though they were forced to make these movies that it gave some sense of hope and outside views to slowly do. try to make things normalized that's what they were trying to do okay um so uh shin tells kim we need a movie that's gonna blow the world away i need more resources we need to open an office in vienna austria which is west of the iron curtain Okay, so he's specifically trying to set up a an escape plan. Yeah, because if even if they escape in say Hungary or Russia, they're screwed. Some other agents will just capture them yeah. and send them back. So he's trying to set up the opportunity to go somewhere outside of the Iron Curtain. And what he proposes to Kim is a movie called Polkasari. Well, real quick, just because I don't really know that much about it, the Iron Curtain is exactly where. It's sort of a jagged line, but it's. You got, it comes down from Russia and past Hungary and just past Austria. Is most of Europe? The, well, kind half of, of half of the... Yeah, when you think of like what the USSR was. Yeah. All the, all the Slovakias okay. are behind it. Yeah. All and, right. And they're all in, well, they're not indebted to the North, but they're all like, yeah, North Korea is one of our people, so you can't really escape there. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just... Oh, you're good. Yeah. So he proposes this movie. Polkasari is essentially a Godzilla ripoff. Okay. And 
that was big in Asia at the time, although Godzilla was made in the 50s, and it's the 80s now. Yeah. But he wanted to make a big explosions and fire and soldiers and big monster movie. Um, so it's it's actually, you can watch Pulgasari on YouTube. I watched it. It's awesome. <laughs> it's one of those movies that's so bad it's good. Yeah. Um, a little girl gets like a, a, a monster made out of rice that her father made before he died. It's weird. But she cries on the rice, and it gets bigger. And as it gets bigger, it eats metal. And when it eats metal, it gets bigger. And it got to the point where it was destroying cities. (laughs) (laughs) And the army's shooting at it, and he eats the army. And it's amazing. Okay, I'm going to have to check this out. Pulkasari's awesome. (laughs) Um, And so Kim loves it, and he's like, this is the perfect thing to sell to the rest of the world. So he allows them to go to Vienna to start promoting uh, get distribution in the West for this monster movie. And uh, this dumbass Kim actually thought that they were so indoctrinated and happy that nothing would happen. Yeah. My toys, see? I knew they would see it my way eventually. Yeah, they Look. love it. Because there, there's a phone call that you can hear uh, between Kim and Shin in Vienna where Kim is pitching. He's like... Once we get Pulgasari going, we have to. We need to get international financing for my movie Genghis Khan. Like Kim wanted to make an epic Genghis Khan movie. That was his next thing, and Shin was like, "Yeah, man, I got all the ideas. It's gonna be fucking great. Perfect. Oh, fucking great. I'm gonna throw some Enya in there. Sure. You know he killed his brother, right? And it was all beautiful. You can say what love is. Temusen! Holy time. Beautiful. It is a great story. It is. Way to go, Kim. Um, well, once in Vienna, they set up a meeting with a Japanese journalist to discuss Pulgasari. And they tell their handlers, you guys shouldn't come to this meeting because then it will look like we're forced to do it. We're finally in the West now. And this needs to look like we are here on our own free will. Gotta look natural, bros. You're gonna turn everybody off. Stay, stay cool. Stay cool. So the you guards are like, "All right, have your meeting in a restaurant, and we'll be outside the restaurant." And they're like, "Perfect, great." Idiots. So they get into the taxi cab with the journalist, just just Che and Shin. They close the door and they tell the driver, "Drive very fast now." Hippopotamus. <laughs> yeah. They tell hippopotamus t- <laughs> 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 go. They tell the journalist their whole story. Like, so this is fake. We are here against our will. We are using you right now to get to the U.S. Embassy. And there's going to be guards following us here shortly once they realize we passed the restaurant. And they pay the taxi driver to lose because the guards get in another taxi and are following them. It's a fucking movie. This is so fucking... uh, Driving through traffic. And uh, they pay the driver to lose them. Uh, they lose the guards. They get within 50 yards of the U.S. Embassy before they hit traffic. No. And they jump out and just r- <laughs> run for it. <laughs> hippopotamus, hippopotamus. Uh, help. Help. We did America. America. And uh, they run aside. Um, Sh- uh, che likes to tell the story that once they got up to the doors that Shin actually uh, pushed her and run in, ran in first. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, are you serious? And she said that. She liked to tease him and say it was his greatest act of chivalry ever. <laughs> Move, bitch! I gotta—they're on our heels. There's no time. <laughs> You're slow. It's you or me. <laughs> it's definitely gonna be me. She's like trying to open the door for him and all that. She's like, goes, "Move!" Oh, ah, it's sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it's an it's a embassy right on the lines of the Iron Curtain, so they are accustomed to this type of thing. Oh Jesus! Where they're like, you're looking for uh, help? Help? <laughs> sure. So they get them set up. Uh, they they tell a U.S. embassy uh, representative their whole story, and they're like, "This is fucking great. We could tap you guys for info on North Korea." Sure. So they uh, they move them into safe houses uh, in Vienna until they can get them transport back to America. They give a press conference explaining the whole situation. Damn. Uh, people don't believe them at first. What? A lot of people think that they defected there on purpose. Huh. Um. Which well, I, why? Just I don't know about that. Why would anyone want to defect that way? I defect into North Korea. I guess the idea is that Kim would give them all the money and luxury that they did get, I and guess. then like the ability to make movies. But then why would they run? Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, the CIA ended up uh, moving them from different uh, safe houses, and then they dressed them up like Middle Eastern people so they could like cover their face and escorted them to the uh, airport where they flew to Washington D.C. Uh, they were put in a safe house in Rendon, Virginia, uh, again, in exchange for info on North Korea. Yeah. They told them everything they knew, everything they could get. Uh, they actually lived with CIA agents for a while, which is just a weird, I think it would make a good sitcom, <laughs> because they're in this safe house, their two kids reunite with them and fly over. Oh, nice. And then you've got two CIA agents who live there, too, like yeah. making eggs. <laughs> He's got his gun on his hip while he's making eggs. Hey, you guys want any? They're like, no, nah, we, we're fine. I'm not going to lie. Uh, we really appreciate everything, but it's this has started to get a little bit old, and you fart a lot. And, uh, it's weird. It's, you're, you're nice. That's awesome. Thank you for offering eggs. I don't like you that much. Sure. Western omelets for everyone, then. <laughs> Let's go. Bacon. America. And he's just shooting stuff in the yard. <laughs> um, Well, yeah, in America, they... They tell everything they can. They actually move safe houses a few times, which they think is because the North Korean agents were sort of getting close to them. Really? Um, they r- both Where? wrote memoirs. Was that? Where are they staying at in the U.S.? Just they were in Virginia, around? and then they moved around. Yeah, yeah they, I think they had a, a safe house in Oklahoma and Kansas. Weird. They're just all over, trying to escape. And he's actually sending like Kim. Kim is actually sending. Presumably. Presumably. Yeah. I mean, nothing ever came from it, but I think that's why they would move safe houses. Make sure. Yeah, because they thought that might be what was going to happen. Um, yeah, they both write memoirs that are really massively popular in South Korea, but they haven't been translated into English. They're not popular now. Huh, so weird. I wasn't able to get my hands on those. Yeah. Unless I learn how to read Korean. Well, what the fuck, dude? Research. Come on. It's your job. Learn a whole other language so we can get this stuff. Yeah, I know. People times I got. Hey, hey, do it's it. A, it's like a hobby. <laughs> Don't. I've learned three languages for this podcast before, and it okay. It takes a lot of time. I learned ancient Mongolian. Mm-hmm. I learned a good portion of French. Yeah, and I'm just tired. <laughs> it's that's <laughs> how you pronounce everything in French. Um, well, hoping to rekindle his uh, movie career, they moved to Beverly Hills, California. To get the movie magic. Doesn't happen. Uh, they're like 60 now. 60, 70. Uh, and Hollywood doesn't give a shit about their backstory. And Shin is not really given the opportunity to be a director again, even though that's what he was hoping. Yeah, it's weird. He won all these awards. Uh, 
but it's just because he's an American. And everyone's like, we don't care about those awards over there. Yeah, because we're talking. This is this is Hollywood when, um, like Eddie Murphy is a big guy. You oh, know, yeah. coming to America. Great film. Uh, Ghostbusters is pretty new. Back to the Future. Like they're just not interested in what he's selling. Yeah. So we don't want your artsy fartsy films. What he does ultimately end up contributing to. Uh, American film is the franchise Three Ninjas. No way. That's him? Well, so what? he was part of the group of people who came up with the original concept. He produced the first two movies, and he directed the third one called Three Ninjas Knuckle Up. Oh, my God. So Three Ninjas, yeah. Three, nun- three Ninjas Kick Back, and yeah, then you actually know Three that. Ninjas Knuckle <laughs> Up. <laughs> My God! So yeah, he produced those first two, and I watched those when I was a kid when they came out. I at least watched the first one a lot. Yeah, what uh, was the when Tum Tum would wear would wear the mask? Oh fuck! Yeah, I've seen that. So uh, huh? So that's what he came up with, huh? Okay. That was his contribution. Uh, huh? Che was thought about getting into acting, but she realized an elderly Asian woman is really like just a backup. Yeah. Uh, an extra. She wasn't interested in that. So she really just kind of was a grandma. Uh, in 1999, they moved back to South Korea. They were publicly criticized and never really accepted. Um, By the South Koreans? Yeah. What they, the fuck? They were treated either as North Korean spies or opportunists at, at best. That sucks. Where they were like, nah, you went up there on purpose. Was there some sort of propaganda that North Korea was spitting out about them or something? Or just, Probably. It's just what people believed. I think that they thought that Shin's film uh company was tanking and Che's getting older meaning she couldn't be like a pretty young actress they're like if they just went to north korea they could recreate their careers right uh is what they think yeah i don't believe that but no either that was what was talked about uh well shin died in april of 2006 uh che lived a pretty regular retired lady retired widow life she uh prayed a lot and did calligraphy she actually lived near gangyam Oh, all a Gangnam style. Weird. Thing. And when when did she die? Uh, she died in April of two thousand and eighteen. Oh damn! Just recently. So I take it the Kims never went to try to go for them again. Luckily, no. That's good. She did say that she expected assassins, but I guess it was not worth their time because they apparently do that fairly often. Yeah. Hmm. I think it was probably not worth their time for the risk. It's just like ah, they're already gone. All right. Uh, in 2014, she was awarded the South Korean Order of Culture Merit. So pre, pre, prior to her dying, the uh, intelligentsia or whatever in South Korea was like, okay, she contributed a lot. She's probably not a North Korean agent. She's been living here for like a decade. Nothing's happened. It's an old lady. Yeah. It's fine. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, after she... Uh, I just wanted to wrap up with, uh, you know, after they left North Korea... Um, Kim, during this whole time, had been fucking up the economic situation in North Korea anyway. Yeah. They don't have a real contributing economy. No. Most Most of them are starving to death. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of what was funding his opulence was either they had a very significant crime ring through human trafficking, drug trafficking, all that shit. Yeah. Uh, They stole identities and stuff like that. Terrible. That's how they funded a lot of their economy, but then they also would borrow money from countries and just not pay them back. Yeah. So by the 90s, North Korea went through such uh, a period of economic downturn. There are estimates in the millions of people that died. 
um, after eating all the rats and frogs they could catch. Yeah. Um, the last film contribution that Kim attempted was in uh, 99 or 2000. He attempted to remake the big hit Titanic. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> it didn't Five go. years later, like, let's just do that again. That didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, and now, um, if as you've probably seen in movies and shit, Pyongyang is a, a staged fake bullshit place. That looks like the nicest of <clears throat> all the places, and it's surrounded by actors who come out and, like, they do weird stuff. Like, they almost mime doing certain things they where do. it's yeah. not actually real. Um, I read a thing uh, of a, a journalist who went to Pyongyang to sort of talk about all this, and he said that there are subways that run, yeah. but everybody who gets on and off them are actors. actors. They're not yeah. going anywhere. And you have people going to stores pretending to buy fruit. Yeah. So the whole Kim obsessed with movies thing is translated into real goddamn life. It's and insane. Reality is stranger than fiction. Yes. Um that's what happens. Um yeah, we have talked about a few times about why there is doubt that their story is real. Some people say that the whole thing is fake. That they went up there on purpose to recreate their careers. And I just wanted to write down my arguments against that. Yeah. Uh for one, the book I read uh, I also watched a lot of documentaries, but the book called a Kim Jong-il production is insanely well-researched. And I recommend reading it if you're into it. The guy who wrote it is a director, and so he just wanted to piece this story together. But the research he did is bananas. Just phenomenal. Like the last bit of the book is several, several pages of resources and how he connected it together. So I trust that, but then... That's cool. I don't see why North Korea would not advertise their defection like right away if it was real. Yeah. Like if they went there, they would have a press conference. Kim would be like, look who wants to live here. There's a reason that, yeah, they're coming this way because we're great. They love me, not you motherfuckers. Yeah. I think he would have done that. I also don't think Che would have left her children. Also, I mean, why didn't they start pumping out movies right away when they got there instead of him five being years in prison later. five years? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I said or, is that the CIA... Uh, acknowledge that the the tape recording they have that they t- secretly took, they believe to be legitimate. Authentic. They don't think that it's an elaborate setup. So the story that I just told you sounds outlandish and insane. It is fucking weird. Uh, and there is room in there, obviously, for some falsities, probably. But the ultimate story, I believe, it's Me bizarre. Too. Yeah, but I think it happened, which makes it even more bizarrer and but- fun. Korea is a fucking weird place, dude. <laughs> I have no fucking idea. Some of these, you can watch some of these documentaries today, um, and it, it, it's mind-bending that it, this actually is happening and, and exists. It's like the Truman Show, but it's on happening. A, yeah, if you think like level. Pyongyang is the Truman Show, and then everywhere outside of it, within hundreds of miles, is people eating their children and. Yeah, it's sad because it's, it's American. Uh, supplies that they're given and then they go to these meetings where they're like the bloodthirsty Yankees and you're like how do they how did you do that so a lot of countries will send food to uh, North Korea and it's sad because what happens is the food often gets like once it comes on the ships it's supposed to be distributed so that way everybody gets it you know or at least as much as possible but usually what ends up happening is they just get raided by a few people and they take all the food and then kids starve to death because they never got the food that was meant for to help feed them. Yeah, like there's enough food for the village, but people hoard it or steal it. And yeah, 
Yeah, the officials, I'm sure, take it. And I hear there's all these weird stuff, like if you go to the, the they'll give tourists these weird tours that are clearly fake. Yeah. It's so weird that they like, try to keep up this appearance, even though everybody's aware. <laughs> and like some of them are really strange where like, They'll show you a doctor, and he's giving an eye exam to somebody, but they're actors. So the person who's giving the eye exam doesn't know what he's actually doing. Where he's like, so they're like mimicking stuff they've seen. I or, can't see well, and he goes, "Okay, recite your praise for the God King Kim yeah. Jong Un." All right, King Jong Un is my God. Oh my, I can see clearly now. Yeah, and everyone and, and everyone claps. There was that one where they sent a bunch of machines for medical. Um, stuff to help do eye surgery and different things. Yeah. To the few doctors up there that can actually do maybe some of this stuff. And it was sent up by the U.S. And right afterwards, these people, when they were able to see from getting this, you know, surgery, yeah. they immediately said, death to all America <laughs> right. and praise our, you know. Yeah, my, and you're like, oh, okay. My wife is telling me that. That's <laughs> funny. Uh, what is that disease that they, they prescribe weed for? Uh, which one? The eye disease? Oh, I don't know. Um, well, there, I guess that's pretty rampant up there. And yeah, I think it's probably the same documentary you watched, but she was like, they sent American doctors to go f- treat it. Yeah. And as soon as they can see, they're, they're like, like bloodthirsty. Death to all America. Hey man, it, it seems like it's not that hard to brain- brainwash people. And I think that awesome. there's some of the documentaries that show that there is awareness, but people are putting on the, uh, they act, you know, you get beaten, you get killed. If oh, you God, say anything yeah. bad, you might think that you're talking to somebody like your friend for years and you're like, yeah, we should get the fuck out of here. Turns out your friend might turn you in because they are told they will get rewarded for doing so. And rarely oh, do they, but. If you run away and the officials have any indication that your family or friends knew about it, they go into prison camps. Yeah. So you're compelled to act right. Not to mention, you usually get punished for the sins of your parents or your grandparents two even. generations I think so is what they punish. Yeah. yeah you could just be born and then instantly have a she life so you get why people would be like yeah, yeah praise the fuck the mayor oh, whatever dude. you want me to say whatever you should look up the footage of when kim il-sung and kim jong-il their funerals are fucking insane because it's miles and miles of people sobbing incontrollably beating themselves crying to the sky yeah and it's because they know if you don't outdo the guy next to you <laughs> you might get you're shot. gonna be dragged away yeah you and your family are going to the gulag so oh my god it's so i mean it's funny to it's me because i'm terrible but it's but it it's hilarious to watch just oh, oh god because of the insanity level on it yeah it's absurd and uh doable it's real yeah weird yeah. well anyways that was fun learning about Che. Yeah, good woman, strong woman. Yeah. I think she did the right thing pretty much all the time. Yeah. I like her a lot. It's pronounced Che. Badass. Yeah. People she, she is badass. Um, that's it. Subscribe. Tell your Asian friends. <laughs> Tell everybody. Hey, thanks again for listening to one of our podcasts. Be sure to catch our next one that's coming out. Thank you. People time. People time. Hey, click on the next one and subscribe, bitch.